It's time to get activated, gamers, because you're listening to the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. If you have any problems with any of our lists, yell at Bob. Oh, no. Chris Wolfhart. Guaranteed to outlast AAA gaming. And Dr. Agro. Sure glad I spent this whole year knowing I'd be on this podcast. This episode features outrageous categories such as... Coolest thing in a game. Most hideous creature. Game that ships too early. And... Scrimblo of the Year. So grab your Nuggies and Mountain Dew, gamers! Sit back in your race car chair and get ready! Because the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2023 Extravaganza starts right now! Yippee! Our journey continues into judging the year in gaming that was 2023. We have everyone still. We've got Bob. Hey. We've got Chris. Hey. We've got Dr. Agro. Horses. And we've got categories, so let's get to it. The first category, Game That Shipped Too Early Award. The nominees are Atomic Heart, Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say maybe we could remove on Xbox based on things <laughs> I've heard about other platforms. Yeah, but, X3 sounds maybe like it's not ready even still. <laughs> X3, X3 is when the game goes into crisis mode. <laughs> and by crisis, I mean the game. Batman Arkham Trilogy on Switch. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Oh my god. Final Fantasy 16. Firewall Ultra. Goodbye, Volcano High. Redfall. And Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Oh, this colon's in the wrong spot. It goes after Jedi. Oh, whoops. One second. Let me. There we go. Wait, what if they're two colons? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, some ga- some game should yes right? eventually some game should just be like there are two colons in my title and you will all respect it and there's a, some part of the title in parentheses <laughs> i'm not the best punctuationist alive but i feel like you can't have two colons in a single thing <laughs> i feel wait, like wait, wait, you wait. can't stop me what if they want the semicolon <laughs> Oh no! Don't don't fucking no, ask. Who don't. knows? That that is a black box of grammatical mystery. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about that semicolon song where it just ends with, "And those were all examples of a colon." You all get an F. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get four votes here on which game should get the game that shipped too early award, the definitive example for the year. I want to just make an argument real quick. Hmm. There are two major things here I need to push for, personally. One of them's Firewall Ultra, a game that was barely functional when it launched, seemed so empty in the way it carried itself, seemed so incomplete and completely, like, half-baked as a concept. This tactical shooter that is a sequel to a PSVR 1 tactical shooter that is very much lauded and celebrated by that community had a really active user base. It is so unreal that this one came out and just it was not done, and now it never will be because mm-hmm. the studio is shut down. That game barely had a functioning matchmaking. It has no gravitas to any of it. It just seems like 
It's hard to describe how you get shuttled from one experience to the next, each with just not enough polish to convince you that it's an intentional moment in the game flow. They just barely were able to boot you into the map. Yeah, that's <laughs> how it feels. It feels like, hey, we got it working. Mm-hmm. It is so jarring. Uh, the second one, uh, I, I think this should maybe, maybe walk away with this category because it's categorically just true. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. The Call of Duty game that wasn't supposed to be a Call of Duty game. And if it was going to be a game, it should have had two more years. Yeah, I can see that. This was supposed to be a DLC update. Then they made it into a whole game and they gave it nowhere near the development time necessary. It is unreal levels of we took a Warzone map. We put very small objectives in it. That's a level. <laughs> This is mm. a Call of Duty campaign. Now, Dan, this is all true, but uh -huh. every Call of Duty game ships too early because it has to come out in the same month every year the company dies. Even so, given the metric of that, if we're speaking relatives here, this is so much worse than all the others. So far. <laughs> Fair enough. We had to judge 2023 by the metrics of our time, though. <laughs> uh... Did anyone want to speak out and try to prop up some nominees here? Uh, I, Jedi Survivor feels like the obvious one where that game didn't run good. <laughs> it was obviously pushed out early to hit May 4th because Disney is an insane company that doesn't care about its products at all. Oops, looks like that finally caught up to them. <laughs> yeah, this is that thing where it's like three months later, it still wasn't ready to go. And then they finally, like six months later, then it was finally, okay, now it's acceptable. Yeah, now we have a mode that mostly runs at 60. Now we have a game that is mostly not on fire. Right. And they even put out a, an update for this the day of this recording. Yeah. Which I had to look up what it was. And it's like, we added accessibility features. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then in the small text... Also, we, we fix performance on certain modes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's still happening! <laughs> on PC, this is still not good enough. This is in that exact category of PC games that are just not good enough to earn your dollar. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, there's no thing I can boot to have it process all the shaders so it runs smooth when I do play it. When you cross the terrain segmentation in the data structures, it hitches hard no matter what you're PC's performance level is. Right. And Stigus Moosen is gone. Like, this thing shipped early. It got raked through the coals a little bit on that. And now the director's just gone. I think the Redfall is the other obvious one of like, yeah, everything coming out about this is it needed even more time. <laughs> Although it might not ever, yeah, ever like, been able to finish. My two things yeah. of why I'm not going to vote for Redfall and why I'm not going to vote for backup Batman Arkham Trilogy on Switch shouldn't have happened. Either of them. <laughs> Those games shouldn't have shipped because they should have been made. <laughs> uh, Batman Arkham Trilogy here. There was no way you were getting Arkham Knight to run on the Switch. Come on, man. No, absolutely not. That should it, have been the first two games. And, and, and then inherently, the title is Trilogy, so I can't even make the argument <laughs> that if you chopped off that one, it would be fine. You could chop off that one and then put in the uh, the bad one made by the other company. I'm sorry. Liked. Everyone's agreed that one's not real. <laughs> or that it's secretly the best one. <laughs> yeah, those are the, those those are the, that's how it goes. Yep. 
But Redfall is a game made by a single-player studio that made immersive sims that tried to be vampire Borderlands. Uh-huh. That yeah. simply should not have happened. Fair. And it's not like, oh, you shouldn't have these ideas, studio. It was a mandate from ZeniMax to make a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Does anyone have anything else they wanted to say about anything else in this list? Propping them up, tearing them down. It's Baldur's Gate 3. That has had some problems. On Xbox especially. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't have enough information myself other than just hearing yeah. constantly, oh yeah, that Axe 3, man, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that that runs like shit on everything though. Right, like you can't fix it because it's... And did you know having 100 AIs walk around is really <laughs> CPU intensive? <laughs> Maybe a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, we're, I think we're good to start then. Mm. We're going to let uh, Chris go first. Ooh. Four votes? Yep, four votes. Atomic Heart. <laughs> I feel like uh, shipping with a way to get items that deranged is not your plan. I feel like that was the thing that you might have figured out a little bit more if you had more time on the game. <clears throat> Next, you're going to tell me I wasn't supposed to get stuck in geometry every hour on the hour. Yes, there was also the point where I had to look up how to jump specifically onto a platform to not fall through it. <laughs> and soft lock. Yep. I, I, my only hesitation to vote for this. Okay. Are any of these things they have tried to fix <laughs> acknowledge there are a problem? I'm sure some of them must have been patched. They have patched the game. Okay. And that's good. And there's the notion of they won't patch the game now because it's out. You know, uh -huh. they could have worked on it more if it was just <laughs> delayed. <laughs> that's true. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That that's that's the. That deserves to take this, in my opinion. It is the poster title of exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's very archetypal for this category. Like, this is the one that's like, this needed more polish. It's not like Call of Duty where it's like, you needed two more years. Yeah, you needed time to make a different game with this name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, at a certain point, by mass. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. Also worth noting, which Star Wars Jedi Survivor not only is this like kind of the poster child of this category, it's kind of the poster child of the modern trend of like, and I'm not saying this about you viewer or listener. This is just how it feels nowadays. You would have to be an idiot to spend $70 on a video game because yeah, every single $70 game launches in a just broken state. Uh-huh. And is bad. Yeah. So <laughs> you're paying will be cheap half the price by the time it's working. You're paying the most an amount that maybe you shouldn't even be asked to pay for a version that isn't done. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the ch poster child for that. And on PC, it's a poster child for like these games that are just shipping and don't have like they're pushing these consoles really hard, but they're made in a way without care for PC where it will just never run well. I guess technically we could also put for spoken on this list. But that's another case of like, you needed to make another game in here because this oh, clearly is half done. I'm trying to think of like, you just hit that point where you, the trap door opens and you go to the end of the game. Yeah. Would that have fixed it? Yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that doesn't fix Forspoken. Forspoken to me, like, so inextricably tied to its identity. <laughs> is how empty that world is. Mm -hmm. I can't also, imagine it without it being empty. 
it's one of those like early generation tech games where they're building it out and figuring out how to do it, where so much stuff gets locked in as jank so early on that <laughs> more time probably wouldn't have helped. They would have just started a new project with the stuff they learned. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy 16. Oh, really? That game doesn't run great, even performance mode. It drops pretty low pretty often. Um, and bare minimum, it would get my vote, a vote in this category, because you couldn't figure out people would want to turn off motion blur before everybody told you to turn off motion blur. Yeah, and I don't want to bring PR into this because this isn't about how PR is handled for a game, but it was really frustrating to see these obvious problems with the game's performance, with it not having a adjustable motion blur, let alone turning it off. And they're like, what's printed on the disc is like perfect forever. It's so finished. It's like, no, it really isn't. Yeah, I don't think that the... I think you need to get a patch to even have any ability to change controls. And even that isn't like fully in there until later. Mm. Or it maybe never got fully done. Hmm. I'd honestly forgotten about a lot of those. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, my problems it, it, with it, that game could not have been solved by more time. Right. right. Same. Yes. My core problems couldn't be solved by delaying it, but... You know, it, it is ridiculous that the moment we finished that Forspoken, uh, or sorry, Final Fantasy 16 uh, force feedback video, the moment we finished that is when they put out the patch that adjusted tons of things. And goodbye, Volcano High. Would you like to explain it, this? Because none of the rest of us played it. <laughs> half the game is that weird filler dimension, and even that weird filler dimension obviously was rushed because it doesn't have voice acting. So here's my core question then. And I've been thinking about this a lot since I played Endless Monday. Would it not have been better to just ship a smaller game at a lower price? It would have been so completely unremarkable if it had just been a visual novel. Like, it would have been utterly irrelevant. At least with what they shipped, I can go, hey, that, it looks like a, like a fucking Netflix cartoon. Like, it looks like a cartoon. Well, when you're not in the filler dimension. What I'm saying is, like, th if they cut out the filler dimension and lowered the price, would that not just make it a stronger package? They probably couldn't lower the price, though. How Game much was, was it? Very expensive. Uh, I think it was forty. <sighs> yeah, sounds like that filler content's real cheap too. So I feel like that wouldn't save much money. No, it was only thirty. So it's, which is still a lot, but. And I, again, like, even if they had just actually voiced the filler content or only had you go to the filler dimension once, it could, like, it even would have been fine to be shorter. Mm -hmm. But that's a clear, like, oh, we got way behind schedule and need to get this game out. It, do it doesn't help that they, like, started development right on top of COVID, I guess. Right, yeah. That definitely makes a lot of the games coming out this year and mm -hmm. last year and next a little weird. And maybe fired their writer over some really cowardly limp dick shit. But, um, yeah, I, I think if they had waited another year and at the very least voice acted the filler dimension and maybe inserted it slightly more eloquently so that it didn't literally be detached and not even address any of the plot points going on around it, because it can't, because it was made by different people, it would have helped. Hmm. So it it, it could... It's just surreal to be like, these two characters are fighting. Now they're playing D&D. The conflict is not in the D&D at all. <laughs> yeah, that's... Mm. That just doesn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah. 
One of these should have been the companion game for the other one. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, Atomic Heart, easily. Um, that, that game needed more polish. Perhaps more than anything. I feel like balancing <laughs> some things. You know, I shouldn't switch it to easy mode, and then the, the, the boss has exactly half as much health. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to watch his health bar drain when you yeah. switch it. <laughs> because I'll bring this anecdote up here, because it was brought up in that, but it's been months yeah. since we recorded that. I changed the difficulty mode right as it reloaded me into a boss battle, hit him with one bullet, and his health bar dropped exactly to half minus one bullet of damage. <laughs> mm -hmm. There are just a bunch of things with that which make the balancing seem completely negligent, right? Yeah, the you guys... experience unpolished. Utah's talking about it again really has reminded me of a lot of things in that game that I just kind of forgot because it was March in a very unremarkable game in most ways. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 16, I'm still mulling over. Like, it's it's true that, you know, by the time we were able to record, edit, and put up the force feedback, they did a massive update that changed and improved a lot of things. But I don't know if it's as much the poster child for this category as other things. I'm even starting to consider maybe Redfall deserves it more than 16, which is nuts. Because once again, categorically, uh, that game shouldn't have been made. They did have to ship the 60 frame per second right. mode and later. That's, that's the number one thing in my brain right now that's like, you know, Redfall did get that 60 frames per second that's update. That's true. That way, the box isn't illegal. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Which is so insane. When you ship your game so early that you have to cover this part of the box or else it's legally actionable. That's insane. That's a level of just not giving a shit about what you put out. For now, while I mull over that, I'm going to vote for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, we've said it enough. I feel like anyone who's covered that game's multiple updates, uh, the fact they can cover that and the fact people are interested in them covering that goes to show exactly how early it shipped. I'm going to put another vote for the $40 that disappeared into a game called Firewall Ultra. Sony was the publisher on this, and the fact they let that happen is so incredibly negligent and disrespectful to not only the developer, but the, v but the consumer, right? Mm -hmm. The players should get more of a finished product for $40 even in VR. They gave it so much marketing throughout the year to ship this out in such a flaccid, hollow, completely unfinished state. It is upsetting. I get one more vote. I, I'm turning on Call of Duty just because of the argument of, yeah, they, they would have made a different game. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't have been the same game that shipped later. <laughs> yeah, this would in fact still have come out as DLC. <laughs> It'd just be a map pack. <laughs> game that shipped too late, maybe. <laughs> game sh that shipped too in a box. For $70. That's our new category. <laughs> we'll see you next year for a game that shipped two in a box for $70. Uh, does anyone want to pull me any which way on this? Yeah, I'm also not too strong on a lot of these, so I can't. I mean, you can join me in voting for Baldur's Gate 3 because it's neon whiting a bunch of people. Neon whiting a bunch of people? Deleting their save files. <laughs> 
You know what? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll put my fourth vote in there. Uh, just just because, yeah, that's, that's, you got to think. That's got to be one of the three powerful spires of your game ship too early, deleting a save file. Uh-huh. Uh, and with that done, uh, we're going to give it to Bob. Sure. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> when I went through this, it was still running kind of bad after months. And I had, I think, two or three crashes by the end of it. Not great. Would not suggest playing through it when I did. <laughs> Firewall Ultra. I looked over there. I, I watched you play this. <laughs> that was not okay. No, it's really not. We're it talking like, like, I can't even describe to you all the different layers that this thing's just not done. Yeah, you can just look at it, like, not even in VR. Just see it, what's pushing on the screen and be like, that's not right. Why are you why are you moving like that? You don't move like that in any other VR game. Yeah. It, you're you're like undead levels of slowly moving. Mhm. Mm uh when the when the match ends, it doesn't always put the correct the camera in the correct spot for the match ending. So sometimes you're just in a wall. Cuz you know, like yeah, think Call yeah, of I Duty. Saw that. Yeah, that yeah. was bizarre. Uh the brightness levels are so mal adjusted seemingly not adjusted at all because this dev had no idea how to do hdr in the least that everything's almost pitch black mm-hmm it it's bad uh third vote's going to atomic heart really you had problems with Atomic? i just remembered every time i, I got stuck on geometry and i was like yep that sure was uh, not ready <laughs> so you got one more vote yeah a lot of these like you guys are saying just shouldn't have shipped like should we're not would not have been the same game if they had been delayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like a perfect tie between game that if they got more time it would have been by mass a different game like Call of Duty. Uh huh. Or a game that shouldn't have shipped. Period. Like Redfall. Yeah, and I'm kind of stuck here between Redfall and Baldur's Gate Three. You should join Aggro on Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah, I think. Like yeah, I think I will. Yeah, because deleting saves is not something it should be doing. Yeah, I've also heard numerous cases of other glitches with, like, not even an Xbox version, like PlayStation and PC. Mm-hmm. Would, would a game that had a bunch of glitches and wasn't polished really get Game of the Year from a bunch of outlets? You know what's funny? Gaming has been so weird for the past several years. That hasn't been, like, a constant thing, but... I, you go back towards 2013, and I feel like it's nonstop. Oh, yeah. Back then when it was like, but but Dragon Age, Inquisition, Skyrim, they're both incredible games. These games are so big, they have to be the game of the year. And it's like, yeah, but it deleted your save, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet pops up next to their face as they say that. <laughs> okay, uh, and now it's Agro's turn. Uh, well, I would have to be some kind of psychotic maniac to not, at this point, vote for Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> yeah, right? that would be really fucked up. <laughs> I kited you all into it. <laughs> you idiots! Because in, in addition to the save thing, there was also the, um, I guess they didn't call ahead and tell Microsoft that there were boobies in the game. Oh, God. <laughs> getting people banned from Xbox I, I feel like that's on Microsoft, because it sounds like that's not... <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. That, that's some bullshit. Yeah, they flat out, they, they issued a public thing like, well, yeah, you, like, even if it's in the game, you're even if we allow it on the console, you're not allowed to upload video of it on our thing. 
even if it's private. They specifically said, no, that wasn't automation. A human looked at it and decided it was, you got you banned. The funniest tweet I saw about that is someone quote tweeting it with another screen cap tweet where it's like, some people are having sex at the park. I got so mad, I got in my car and ran over that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is absurd. Uh, Jedi Survivor, uh, as has been stated, is is the textbook example of this category. Firewall Ultra, absolutely. And I had a perfectly flawless experience with the Tama card. I didn't fall through shit, and I got all the weapons in the game. So I don't know what. <laughs> Wait a second, real quick, Chris, what did you play uh, a Tama card on? Xbox. Bob, what did you play a Tama card on? Xbox. I played it on PC. Oh no! What? If- yup. Yes, five, baby. Oh my god. Okay, uh, you know what? I'll take that. I didn't have to pay seventy dollars. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who's the real victor here? Man, this year was fucking great for aggro paying seventy dollars for video games we did content on. I mean, I got the rocket launcher, but I had to pay seventy bucks for it. <laughs> this sort of microtransaction DLC must stop. <laughs> you know what? I. I think I'm good. Okay. Well, we have one unanimous vote. It's for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh-huh. And then a three-way tie between Atomic Heart, Baldur's Gate 3, and Firewall Ultra. I think Firewall Ultra should be a second place. I, th- I think it mm-hmm. should, too. It's just completely fucking I, negligent. I would, I, from the way you describe it, it sounds like more time wouldn't have helped it. No, they could absolutely have fixed, like, okay spawning into certain places should work right right it should be up to the standards of their last game right and that's the thing it's like when it comes to this game it's not they were incapable of making this they already made a firewall game and it was good it was like stellar people really enjoyed that game people who are like competitive top tier players in that game were in the lobby with me playing this flabbergasted at how terrible it is. That was almost all of my conversation I had across the hours I spent playing this at launch. Just people who were pros from the first game just being like, this is not done. Aiming doesn't feel right at all. It's the only VR game where, like, it's one of the only high-profile shooter games in VR where the aiming just felt completely incorrect to the point where people were making diagrams to show the devs like this is what you did wrong fix this <laughs> I bet if I google it I can find that real quick it just to me comes across as they could have done better because they have literally done better in the past there are things that Sony as a publisher should not have let them ship in a state of I think that is possibly the most deserving out of all of these the impression i got from the descriptions was that rather than this is a complete game that was done poorly or with a lack of skill or competency this feels like someone just booted the file when it was halfway done right and where the studio immediately closed it feels like it was a fire sale thing of like we gotta get this out the door so we can shut down and make some profit well the weird thing is they didn't immediately close they got like four months or something and they had another project they were working on. Right. But it was, it was, it was getting rapidly short. patched after it launched. Yeah. No, it seems like there was a plan here. Mm-hmm. And I was going to come back to it after enough patches came out where it seemed like it was solid. But then they shut down the studio. Right. 
because they were working on some other thing and then they blamed uh AAA in the VR space is not supportive and I honestly don't buy it. God, yeah, I'm just looking at all these comments from when it came out. <laughs> oh, man. The the one thing I can say easily, right? Like even if Chris doesn't want to join me on the side of voting for Firewall Ultra in this next round. People didn't walk away from Baldur's Gate 3 or Atomic Heart saying this game isn't done. Ergo. I walked away from Atomic Heart saying that. I mean, mm. not to this degree. You didn't. <laughs> there, there is the point where it's like you go here and there's some side quests and a main objective. Then you go here and do some side quests and a main objective. Then there's four other things on the map and none of those have main objectives go here and in the game. <laughs> <laughs> A cutscene didn't end, and then you were in a wall. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there is a title screen. <laughs> okay. There's there's a lot of elements of Firewall Ultra that are almost surreal to describe to a human, because if you were to interface with them yourself, you would perfectly understand immediately the level of not done it is. But because there are so many, and they're so pervasive... It's it's literally just best described as like what Agro was saying and what Bob's been saying. This was like not even a public beta. This was a a, a studio internal beta. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't something you would ever put in the hands of the consumer. Yeah, if nothing else, it should have been closed with NDAs. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not the kind like Justice League where you let them talk about how shit it is. <laughs> right? Uh anyway, let's uh I wish I wish I could swing harder for Baldur's Gate right now. Because <laughs> I know people who've played it. And obviously on Xbox, major problem. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, so we have Atomic Heart, Baldur's Gate 3, Firewall Ultra uh, with a three-way tie of three votes each in the first wave. Final Fantasy 16 with one vote. Goodbye Volcano High with one vote. Redfall and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 are yet again left out of the conversation. <laughs> Batman Arkham Trilogy on Switch... Well, let's just say that was as good of a plan as uh, Tim Sweeney's plan to have half of the PC marketplace. <laughs> uh, we're going to get two votes each. Everyone's cool with these three being the three we discussed, right? We're all clear that this is far and away what the winners and runner-up should be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Chris. Tom McCart. We get two. Yeah, Firewall Ultra, you swayed me. Yes. <laughs> Bob. Yeah, it's got to be the same, too. Aggro. I think at this point, I am going to blame the Series S more than Larian Studios and vote Firewall and Baldur's Gate. I have a Series oh, X. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, for, uh, oh, for the problems. Heart. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Firewall and Atomic Heart. Okay. I was like, oh no, that statement could have gone either way because only the yeah. Xbox and PC version had a problem. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm going to vote for those two. Bob? Yeah? You seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Uh-huh. So we just need to discuss, okay, what's first? Uh, what's worse, Atomic Carter? Firewall Ultra should be second. That yeah. seems much worse overall. I, I, to be clear, to anyone who hasn't played this game, who hasn't seen it, which is most humans ever, I'm sorry. This wouldn't even be here if it weren't a Sony published game 
marketed multiple times, like PlayStation blogs full of it, mm-hmm. state of plays that showed up multiple times. Mm-hmm. There's so much hyping it up. If this was just made by some VR dev. Yeah, and just released some random day of the week. Right. Yeah. It, would, it, would, it just wouldn't even occur to me to put it here. Unlike the next category, which has something you might describe as that. Uh, okay. Well, it's going to do it then. You know what? I feel good with Baldur's Gate as a runner-up. Right. Because I think everyone can agree uh, it would be great if that game was incredibly polished and never deleted it. Saves on Xbox. <laughs> so, the game that shipped too early award goes to Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Second place going to Firewall Ultra. Third place going to Atomic Heart. And runner-up, Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox. But really, Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> but especially Xbox. <laughs> right. It's almost like they rushed to get that out to announce it at the Game Awards. And then forgot to announce it at the Game Awards. <laughs> Which is easy to do when some psychopath gave you 30 seconds to lament the dead. Yep. And talk up your game. I'm so excited for next year at the Game Awards. I need to know how they course correct from this course correct. <laughs> right. Fuck it. You all get five like, minutes. Be like yes. 45. 40. <laughs> 45 seconds. Oh, yeah. Then it's fine. Call of Duty comes up to accept any reward, any award, and they get 10 seconds. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. You made Call of Duty. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it gets even worse. Jeff is just on on stage with a rich watch. He's tapping the entire time you're doing your speech, no matter how. how fast and there's it is. like a dedicated camera. So, yes. so, so like if they start taking too long, it'll start cutting to that camera. Super zoomed in on Jeff's face. His eyes getting more bug eyed as he stares at them. <laughs> <laughs> there, like, w- there will be a, there will be a joke with the Muppets about a hook. Oh my God. Well, that's it for that category. Next, the sister category to game that shipped too early. Game that shouldn't have shipped. The nominees are everybody. One, two, switch. Gollum. Goodbye, Volcano High. Koi Koi. Love Blossoms. Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. Redfall. And Starfield. Do you want three or four votes? What do you guys think? Three, I think, is good. Yeah, that should do it. Okay. I'll let Agro lead. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Does anyone want to make any specific arguments? Because I want to make a specific argument for Koi Koi Love Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, man. Go, go for it. I should say I was going to vote for that first because we are once again... Trusting the horrified ramblings of Dan, who leapt headfirst into the, <laughs> into the a dark grenade. night of VR and came out with this ghost story. Uh, dear listener, Koi Koi Love Blossoms is ostensibly some sort of visual novel uh, with romantic undertones about you being anime you who comes back to a hot spring resort thing. In order to find two hot ladies running it with an older lady who is like, eh, kind of a nanny to you. The, the problem with this game is that none of it functions at all in the way you would want because they have crudely made something that was much closer to just a fixed camera perspective sort of visual novel that locks you into screen spaces into VR, which is the biggest leap that even Space Jam Overreach could not correct. We're talking, you need to 
crane your head weirdly around a room to find a thing to click to move to that end of the room. Pausing makes you one foot tall and floating in midair, which you can only notice because you can't see you. It's VR. You only notice because now everything's huge and it's honey, I shrunk the kids because they didn't know how to make a pause screen in VR. The whole thing runs like shit. It looks like a Vita game because the resolution's practically 540p. It is horrible in countless ways. And when you finally do get to move with a stick, you are moving a fourth the speed of smell. <laughs> it is horrible. A nightmare. This was the only other game this year I bought yet again for $40. My God. That I went, I just don't want to buy a video game ever again. I don't want to trust any game ever again. This game could have been base, stupid, horrible, pandering, fan service garbage and i still could have had a fun time with it but it is not functional or solid in the way you need it to be it should not have shipped this should not have a vr mode it is that bad and just to be clear the vr mode is a separate thing from the normal mode which already had shipped on other platforms like i think on pc this has a non-vr mode that came out first uh, okay this is clearly something retrofitted to be VR because the dev went, oh, people are buying these visual novels of VR. We can make ours that too. And no, no, I'm done. <laughs> so Agra, I hear your first vote was for that. It was. Uh, second, I'm going to vote for Starfield. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, more time wouldn't have fixed that game because at its core, it is hollow and cowardly and undeserving of its premise and just designed to be disappointing. Wow. It, it does seem designed from the bottom up to take advantage of none of Bethesda's strengths or what people know them for. Like it seems calculated from frame one to break the curse that Bethesda has cast on the industry to make them think their bad games are actually good. Like, it seems like, let's take out the things that cause Pete guys on Giant Bomb to say you can't criticize anything about the game, it's big. Yeah, I thought Agro's core argument was actually going to be about how the core of this game, the engine itself, is not prepared for the endeavor they set upon, right? Right. But instead, the endeavor they set upon is something they should not have done. <laughs> And that's kind of fascinating because as I saw this as a nominee, I was actually like, I couldn't imagine voting for that. But now having heard Agro's impassioned speech, I'm like, I actually put that on a few days ago. I was like, I want, I feel like this might call out to Agro, a vehicle to action. <laughs> I honestly, I, yeah, I, I saw it recently. Like, when did that get on there? Should that be on this list? I don't know if that should be on this category. And then, like, the longer I went, because it, it's not your typical, oh, this game was super broken, it shouldn't have shipped. No, this this game was broken ideologically. Spiritually. Like, yeah, right. this, this, this was a project that, if you weren't going to do this right, you should not have attempted it. Like, this is that kid on the Call of Duty episode, uh, not the Call of Duty, the uh, Law and Order episode that Kyle McLaughlin has to kill, because he's inherently a sociopath. That, that, that's, that kid is Starfield. <laughs> what? <laughs> You have one more vote. 
Oh man, there's some heavy hitters on this list, but I think I'm going to have to give it to everybody one, two switch because we have proof that they knew <laughs> they had previously decided to not ship this That's and then shipped it. Absolutely fucking true. Like at some point I've heard some people be like, yeah, but it got any amount of sales that I'm like, at what cost though? <laughs> right. That's not, that's not any reason to be okay with this. Uh, Those it, people were robbed. Uh, yeah, I'm one of them. Right? <laughs> I thought it was going to be funny bad, not just terrible. Keep in mind, this is the game where they didn't understand how Jackbox works. So it was like, okay, hand the Joy-Con to that guy in another state you're playing with on your stream. Yeah, because you're playing with 90 people. You got them in your house, right? Yeah. That's 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 what this game does constantly. <laughs> yeah. Time for a mini game based on response time. We're going to play over the internet with 40 people. <laughs> Nightmare. Uh next we're going to go to Bob. I got to prop up Mortal Kombat on 1 on the Switch. Uh-huh. There's mm -hmm. no world in which <laughs> yeah. this should have shipped. <laughs> it was hard not to vote for. You have characters whose whole, whole mechanic is that they can transform to other people mid-round. Like, Reptile goes between human and reptile form. Yeah. He often just doesn't load in. You get Reptile with no head. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. He absolutely cannot do any of the streaming stuff it needs to to do cut scenes. So, you are just getting massive hitching while going through the story mode. And it's unreal. Which is funny because uh, the, the cutscenes are pre-rendered videos. Yeah, the cutscenes are pre-rendered videos, but and then it's it trying, trying to, load to load in the background. The, and it has plenty of time to load the next level most of the time. Uh-huh. And it still just has frame drops in the, in the YouTube video it's basically trying to play back. And eventually... The game gets so rapid fire with the loading segments that we spent more time loading by like a magnitude of four or more. <laughs> yes. Than we did playing the game and it became hilarious. Right. That is a $70 Switch game. Mm-hmm. Also, it never hits 60. It's usually running between, I don't know, 20 and... And 40? 40, maybe. Yeah. It feels like it's down at the tens for most of the time, though. It's... Yeah, truly, just should not have been made. I don't know why they thought it was okay. Yeah, this should reflect poorly on WB, he said, in a year <laughs> where WB <laughs> has done many, many things that should reflect poorly on them. Um, everybody wants to switch. We've already went over it. Everyone knows. Everybody knows. Everybody already done switched. Now, as much as I would love to push you towards Koi Koi Love Blossoms, uh -huh. and I really feel free, I think there's an argument to be made for Gollum. Oh, I, I absolutely see that. Um, Gollum, the best analogy for what Gollum is, a time traveler discovered what 7th gen games were and went to go work at THQ during the PS2 generation to make it on the GameCube. <laughs> It is the no. most weird SpongeBob tie-in game possible version of a 7th gen game where it's like, okay, it's the level where you have to collect the beans, Gollum. Go collect the beans. <laughs> I would say Gollum shouldn't be voted for because it fulfills an important ecological niche <laughs> of being the first game announced for next gen that always fails and kills the studio that made it. Yes. So what you're saying is Gollum is the wicker man. <laughs> we need Gollum to burn. <laughs> Yes. 
it would have been really disappointed if Gollum just didn't release. Like if it became one of those seven or like next gen nightmares. Like yeah, it was this awful looking thing that just, we couldn't even get out. But here's the weird thing, okay? I feel like, and I could be wrong. I would love to have historical examples thrown at me uh, in comment section or live chat. I feel like the cool ones don't ship. The ones where you go, why the fuck are you trying to get me excited for this? Are the ones that ship way too late and are half-baked. Right. And that's what Gollum is. At no point was I like, oh, sick. A game about Gollum. (laughs) Finally, the PS5 is going to bring some real justice to this game exclusively focused on Gollum that is going to have stealth and action. Finally, we can do it. We can achieve the dream. <sighs> I'm just but, saying, maybe if it was a Tom Bonga Bombadon game. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Tom Bombadon. Hi-ho the Dilio. <laughs> uh, but actually, I'm kind of stuck between Redfall and Starfield. Because Starfield, there is a level of game you shouldn't release because it will tarnish your company. And it feels like Starfield's exactly that. But maybe not. Yeah, not Starfield is that not even in like the you made a hideous travesty way, but in the like you you somehow like you made a game. It's like if a magician did a show where he explained all his tricks and then expected people to still show up to his magic shows. It's like you shouldn't have done that for me. Bad decision for me. It feels like that scene in the second Matrix film when the Merovingian gets all those guys to fight Neo and he blocks the hit with the sword Uh and he bleeds slightly and they go, see, only human. That's Bethesda. They just proved they don't make nothing but 10 out of 10s. Uh huh. Because like Redfield, Redfall, whatever. Starfield is now casting doubt on Elder Scrolls. Right. That's true. It's hard. It's it hard is. to it because is. one of these fundamentally should have never been made 100%. Redfall was such a mistake. But then the other one casts a shadow. Like it would have been better there were some insane analysts saying they should they should shelve Starfield for a while and make Elder Scrolls 6 first and they probably should have actually done that because there's no way to turn Elder Scrolls into Starfield. Right. But after after Fallout 4 and then Fallout 76, like, 12 years yeah, between it, Skyrim and Starfield. And Starfield, like, seems to just didn't hit anybody. Yeah, it's so complicated, because, like, and with Redfall, we have just documentation saying we shouldn't have shipped this. We shouldn't have made this. Basically, that's what everything points to. Even Phil Spencer's out there being like, uh, yeah, they screwed up. I mean... Phil said yeah, they screwed they, up, but he also said that there's no way they could ever finish that game. Yeah. Yeah, so Phil Spencer said it should be canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he launched it. <laughs> it's, it was weird when Phil entered that fugue state and started talking fatalism and how he had no choice in any of this. So, yeah, it was really weird where Phil Spencer showed up and was like, What's the point of living if we're all going to die? <laughs> and they're like, sir, we wanted to talk about the Series S. So I'm going to show my vote on fall, Redfall. And I'm, but I am obviously open to discussion going forward about Starfield. <laughs> this is a really evenly split category. <laughs> this is deeply horrifying. Uh, we're going to Chris now. Everybody wants to switch. <laughs> Except that one. Yeah, I know. It's the one unifying candidate. <laughs> 
Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch. Because that's... <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, I'm going to jump these three cars on my bicycle. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> so Don't. why are you trying? <laughs> You it's gonna be like a ramp, it's gonna be, right? It's gonna be so sick. They're on fire. Oh, you really shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't do this then. And when I looked at the list and saw Starfield, I thought that was farcical. But the more we talk about it, Starfield. <sighs> this my job is not easy here. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I I believe everybody won to switch. Um, because one, I've been talked out of Gollum as it is the Wicker Man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we need its dark power. <laughs> we just trapped fucking Gollum in the Wicker Man and lit him on fire. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously my horse is not at all hitched to goodbye Volcano High. Which means my two votes have to go into either these two games that have one vote or these two games that have two votes. <laughs> I'm going to start. Oh, which one is? Oh, my God. <laughs> right? This isn't easy. We made a hard category. Here. Yeah, this is nightmarish because even if I just ignore half of this list and go Koi Koi, Love Blossoms, Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch, I'm like, mm, there's something to be said for you being like, yeah, I could fit a grapefruit in that. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's my here's my thought here's my logic this is my guiding logic maybe mm -hmm. it's wrong but it's what i'm going with i want to vote for koi koi love blossoms understandable you played it. you paid for it so that's certainly and, I, and i'm fair and i'm still upset but think about how many people paid be upset 70 dollars for mortal Kombat one on the switch <laughs> right? that is that is also like that's why that one's the most like you shouldn't have made this this exists to scam people go fuck yourself i mean uh -huh. like if that's your metric like you like you bought koi koi love blossoms and got blindsided i feel like if you bought mortal Kombat <laughs> one on the switch you maybe should have known better I, no I, actually that's aggro. not fair to say at all what's mortal up, Kombat Bob? the previous game mm -hmm. I did 11 uh-huh ran on switch fine oh yeah no that's it, actually oh, a great version of that game the problem is that this one was clearly made from the ground up for next-gen consoles but here's the thing you should have known that mortal Kombat one on the switch would be terrible is complicated because the the trailer on Nintendo's YouTube channel is made from a PC. Yeah, and you can like, tell because it has oof. Steam shit in it. Uh, two, that we start needing to get into philosophical debates of Switch guys will never be able to understand the Switch isn't capable of running some types of games, and some of them are even children and have an excuse. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But yes, it's it's true. I have the faculties within me and the knowledge within me to realize that Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch was not a good idea. And then the videos got out and I knew it wasn't a good idea. And then I bought it because it was funny that it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Part of me is like, what if I put my third vote on Koi Koi Love Blossoms? Because <laughs> they all learn it. Start... <clears throat> This is hard. Yeah. This is the worst. Why did I go last? 
because like maybe this would be slightly less frustrating going first <laughs> yeah because then you don't know if people haven't drawn lines in the sand yet and that's the like that's whatever and i'm not voting based on that but it is so frustrating to be like this is the very last vote and it's the hardest and i'm holding up this process as i sit here and go redfall was a single player studio with no real multiplayer experience in a meaningful capacity forced to make a multiplayer game as a mandate from the publisher level starfield is a game that absolutely missed every single strength bethesda games has from almost a design document level and koi koi love blossoms absolutely such a miserable experience that every moment you are just faced with the worst existential feeling that it is impossible to enjoy any aspect of it so quickly uh, dan just not not to interrupt but you you made one mistake with starfield they didn't have a design document for that game <laughs> then todd just comes in the office and no that's that's not a joke they didn't have a design document for that or or fallout 4 they just started making it mm. mm-hmm. mm. uh, evident oh yeah Oh, you know, normally when you rely upon that studio name goes here, magic, that's to get you through the very end of it. Yeah. Not to hope that there was a salient decision at any point. No, oh, Christ, Christ, Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to look something up. I refuse to take place in these discussions. I am voting for Koi Koi. <laughs> I miss my fucking $80 of terrible VR game purchases this year. <laughs> Shit like that is going to shake faith in VR. And frankly, I'm just heartbroken. The actual cheesecake that is that game. The actual just fucking fucking rote trope pile uh-huh that is the setting the characters the everything could have been funny and enjoyable as a fucking visual novel but instead they made it this nightmare fucking vr experience my vote is going towards that and we are ending wave one of voting let me rank these and then we can debate them because obviously this doesn't lock it in anyway <laughs> however i would like to note that everyone voted on everybody one two six <laughs> some things are locked in not everything, though. I know someone's going insane watching this or listening to this and just being like, no. Everybody wants to switch sold, which means it should have shipped. And I'm like, do you know what you sound like? You sound like an executive. Did it? Did it sell? <laughs> it sold somewhat. Probably sold good enough to cover its production costs. Oh, yeah. And a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. It was really expensive to make that ice cream game. Eight times. <laughs> Three times, right. <laughs> That's when it got hard, that eighth time. Okay, so, so far, we have four votes on Everybody One Two Switch. Three votes on Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch. A lot of Switch coming up. Shipping a Switch game this year. Maybe not the best idea. <sighs> Koi Koi Love Blossoms with two votes. Starfield with two votes. And Redfall with one. Now then, I think we can lock in the top two where they are. Does anyone think we should shove that around or Mortal Kombat 1 should go lower? No, that seems right to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I will move it up. So now we're talking about third and runner-up. 
We're going to do two votes each. Is everyone okay with me just deleting Starfields? Because this will actually change the number of votes. Trust me. <laughs> Since two years ago, I've done my best effort to actually be like, now, Dan, count the number of votes and make sure it isn't the same number going in that you're deleting. Because <laughs> one year we did that. I'm like, wait a second. Two votes each between Koi Koi Love Blossom, Starfield, and Redfall. Bob. Uh, Starfield and Redfall. Shit. <laughs> Koi Koi Love Blossoms. Redfall. That's from a fucking get-go. <laughs> no. You fucking assholes. Everything wrong with this industry made in that one game. Yeah. Aggro. Starfield and Redfall. Chris. Starfield and Redfall. If, if you all spent $40 on the cheesecake mm -hmm. game in VR, you would understand. Uh, <laughs> on the game that looked like it was going to be made on out of sticks. Yes, <laughs> it but, looked like a fake game. <laughs> but you can make a game that looks like that in VR and is still a fun time. Uh -huh. I didn't need that thing to be like a next-gen experience. I needed it to not fucking break down. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not functional in the least. Anyway, we all voted for Redfall. Does anyone want to make the argument that Starfield definitely is more deserving despite the fact we all voted for Redfall? I'm honestly just surprised y'all came with me on Starfield this far. Like, I, I was beginning to feel like I... Be, this feels like a personal vendetta I have against this game. I also be have a personal vendetta against Starfield, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be like fair. It is... Like like Chris said, they didn't have a design doc. They just started building it because they were Bethesda. So they already knew what the gameplay was going to be. They didn't have an idea in mind. They just picked an aesthetic and they made science fiction that says nothing, oh which I God. believe is a sin. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually deeply repugnant for the genre. But it's the other side of the coin with Redfall where everything industry-wise... This was a perfect brew of this is what happens when you do this. <laughs> yeah, your multiplayer focused game that is a story not worth telling that isn't done. Wasn't this also 70 or was it 60? Mm. I know no one paid that, money for it right. because of Game Pass, but did I think, this I game think both of them were 70? Redfall was 60. No, Redfall sitting here $70. Oh my God. Mm. Even on PC. So it literally is everything. Right. Only unlike Star Wars, it isn't acceptable after six months. It just never will be. My God. Okay. Um, so the order as it currently is, is everybody one, two, switch, Mortal Kombat one on switch, <laughs> Redfall. Uh, that's our one, two, and three. And then runner up, Starfield. Do, do you guys just want to do that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, that sounds that good. works for me. I'm okay with Koi Koi disappearing. I got a VR game that personally stole $40 from me this far, and <laughs> that feels good enough. Thank you for the support in the first wave aggro. <laughs> okay. So morally right. Well, the game that shouldn't have shipped the award goes to Everybody One to Switch, with second place going to Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch, third place going to Redfall, and runner-up, Starfield. The next category is Most Hideous Creature. This category features mild spoilers for Alan Wake 2, Disgaea 7, Endless Monday, Dreams and Deadlines, 
Pikmin 4, Pizza Tower, and Spider-Man 2. The nominees are Agent Nightingale from Alan Wake 2, Demodor Opener Hatless from Disgaea 7, Electric Pet Fergie from Disgaea 7, Zinebot 6000 from Endless Monday, Horace Showpony from Everybody 1-2 Switch, Eternites Man from Eternites, Zendara from Immortals of Avium, Reptile from Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch, The Giant 12-Legged Nightmare Horse from Paper Beast from Paper Beast Enhanced Edition, Creeping Chrysanthemum from Pikmin 4, Ochi from Pikmin 4, Fake Pepino from Pizza Tower, Scream from Spider-Man 2, and Miles' last costume from Spider-Man 2. I didn't realize his costume was a creature. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Actually, it's one of the few suits in that game that is not a creature. True enough. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of nominees here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say we get five votes. I'm going to be super generous. Uh, let, me, let me go ahead. This creepy chrysanthemum image that I got from the internet does not do the thing justice. Uh, this is a redesign over the Pikmin 2 version, and this version is much more horrifying because when it is in the ground, its default state, it just looks like flowers. Mm. And then it extends the flower petals and its Ooh. eyes open, and it stands up Ooh. out of the ground. And it actually mm. is the scariest part of this game when I first ran into it. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Ochi... It's, it's horrifying, and that's intentional. Yeah, I don't think you need to say anything. You can look at that and just be like, where's the nose? Why mild, is there only two legs? Mild spoilers for Pikmin 4. Its tail gets replaced by a leaf at some point. Mm. That's not normal. They just shrug it off when it happens. They're like, oh, what's that about? Huh, I wonder. And I haven't beaten the game, and I'm horrified that it's going to turn into moss, which is the other Ochi that's green. <laughs> That thing makes me uncomfortable. But I'm going to go ahead and nominate Ochi here as the Umbrella Ochi paradigm, right? Okay. Because Moss is green Ochi in a sense. I like that there's so much going on in this image of fake Pepino because there are four fake Pepinos on the screen. Five. Yes. There are five fake Pepinos on that screen. And then one on the, the one right after that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it turns out fake Pepino is pretty terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, dude's, that dude's horrible. Uh... I think we need to explain Zendara. Yeah, I wasn't going to nominate her. Mm -hmm. But then I found pictures of her actual actress that she's based on, and they just were like, well, we're making her a tough, uh, like, buff girl. Make her face worse. Like, make her look weird. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's it's really weird that they were like, we got to redesign her face because she's buff. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean maybe from a BMI angle, but that's not like what you did there. <laughs> no, and said, I don't know exactly what you've done other than make her creepy. <laughs> uh, what's up with Eternites, man? You, you have to look at him there. He's just the most plain creature ever made. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> I'm seeing that. That's it. Sometimes being that plain just makes you disgusting. That's fair. Uh, Electronic pet Fergie is deeply disturbing. I, yeah, I added this as I was looking for images. I was just going through um, my Disguise 7 images to look for the hatless Demodor. 
But then I found this. I took a picture of it during the game because it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. It's a Furby, but modeled after the main character of that game, Fuji, and made into a horrible monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's only here for... This is it. This is literally it. It's just this one gag. <laughs> Left an impression. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we have, uh, we have five votes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Chris start us off. Fake Pepino. Fake Pepino is real hideous. Uh, images don't really do it justice, considering, considering some of his attacks are things like throwing his head at you. His brain on the stem remains on his neck. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, there's a ton of fluid animations. It's really horrifying. And you guys didn't get to see this, but if you go in to fight him again after beating him, um, it doesn't show Pepino versus Pepino. It extra it shows him as fake and you get that oh, oh. deeply <laughs> deeply <laughs> unpleasant holy shit that's a lot uh-huh that's a lot yeah it is uh, yeah it fake is pepino you know may walk away with this category because his skin's so loose <laughs> yeah uh the giant 12-legged nightmare horse from paper beast yeah that thing's mm. If if we're ranking this on which thing I would just fucking run from, like if I saw on the horizon, I don't I don't care yeah. if it's a mile off in the horizon. I'm going the opposite direction. Yeah, that's fair. That's, you got to start early, okay? Yeah, its eyes, the way they extend out of its face, is hard to show in an image. It looks like aquatic life. Like I don't know if there's a word for that type of tube eye. Oh, yeah. Electronic pet Fergie. Yeah, that thing's not okay. No. <laughs> Reptile. <laughs> on Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. <laughs> yes. And Horror Show Pony. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, something else that we can't describe in a picture is they animate that horse head. In After Effects. <laughs> yeah, because yes. post-production they make him wink and eat a sandwich. Oh. Eat, you know, eat a carrot. <laughs> It's just the same horse mask that, like, Tom Green used over a decade ago, but now they've edited it with After Effects to wink. No, 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, God. Okay, uh, aggro. I'm also going to throw my first vote to Horace Show Pony. (laughs) Like, the first time I saw him, I'm like, wow, that's kind of an old meme. But the more I encounter him, the more he gives off the vibe of, like, one of those movie demons that doesn't have a rule set, you're just fucked <laughs> as soon as you start interacting with it. And then what? And then he kills you. Yeah, that's not a movie, man. <laughs> well, he said you moved. Well, he did it. <laughs> Child outdoor, out your window, just in the distance. You moved. You moved. I'm going to vote for Ochi because the placement and size of its eyes uh, make that thing a predator. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it also has the exact same eye size, shape, placement, and expression as the chainsaw guy from RE4. Yes. <laughs> Put the bag on his head. <laughs> give him a chainsaw. Do not give Ochi a chainsaw. I'm going to put one vote on Scream. I have always hated Scream's design. <laughs> It is some straight up '90s. Now make a girl one. <laughs> but but isn't that based in this case? No. <laughs> in, in a game like Spider-Man Two, where where the material representation is so thorough, 
and you can't tell how it would feel to touch that thing mm-hmm. because what the fuck is it even supposed to be? It's just, it's not, it's not okay. You have two more votes. I'm going to go for the giant 12 like a nightmare horse from Paper Beast. Yeah, you are. Because even after, like, you, you get into that game and, and it becomes like, oh, that's a familiar thing that I can look to and not some fresh hell. <laughs> it's, it's, you still don't feel quite safe around <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if you feel safe about that around that thing, <laughs> maybe there's some issues. The rest of the planet is so fucked. <laughs> That there is a brief moment where you're like, that is the familiar one, so I feel more safe around that. But then the terrors crept back in for me. I think my last vote is going to have to go to the horrible dark mirror that is fake Pepino. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh okay. I'll go next. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to uh, the giant twelve legged nightmare horse from Paper Beast. I wish I could have gotten a better picture of it, but uh, VR games make that complicated. Yeah, and weirdly enough, the uh, designer of this game did upload a lot of their stuff to one of those online 3D graphics portfolio websites, mm. where uh, the crab one is fully the 3D model. Oh, so you can actually turn it around and look at it and disable levels of shading, and that's cool. And I would love to nominate that crab because the detail put into it is completely unreal. But that horse, man, <laughs> it is so bony and tenderly, and its eyes are, mm, and it looks you in the eye. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my first vote on that. Second vote, fake Pepino. Uh, fake Pepino is downright terrifying. Fake Pepino comes the becomes the size of hallway, and tries to eat you. <laughs> Ochi. Look, I get it. Ochi is helpful. He's great. He's also horrifying. <laughs> and Pikmin fans, you need to hear yourself out. Are you really going to say a thing in Pikmin isn't horrifying and hideous? That's kind of the entire tone of the visual design of Pikmin. Right, but they're so normalized to it. They're like, no, this is actually very cute. <laughs> Even Tosh is like, no, that thing's horrible. That definitely is eligible for most hideous creature. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to Electronic Pet Fergie. <laughs> yeah, because that thing is not... That is... Mm, that is yet another monster or horror movie thing, right? <laughs> I'm cursed if I've seen that. Yeah, it looks alarmingly like one of the things from Gremlins. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it to uh, Creeping Chrysanthemum from pikmin 4 uh because uh i was not ready for that that was not okay we've played three other we played four other pikmin movie uh, games this year this last year that didn't prepare me at all <laughs> mm -hmm. that was scary as hell and with that my votes are up bob it is your turn i i have to show in on electronic pet for <laughs> <laughs> he's too much it's not all right reptile that's, I cannot, I can't get over how, how bad he looks <laughs> and how much it was just like, yeah, he will load in and not fully loaded. So you have headless reptile. <laughs> headless reptile is really funny though. <laughs> yes, but it's just also hideous. <laughs> I wish we had recorded the VOD for that in 4K. I yes. wish we had a pixel perfect upload of this fucking Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch playthrough. 
uh, fake Peppino. Yeah. Now, I gotta stand with Sagar on scream. That's the way they modeled the hair. I I don't know what it's supposed to be, and it's just really gross looking. I I assume it's like a wet dog. <laughs> a wet dog that had some hair product. <laughs> no, a wet dog that's been formed into the shape of hair. <laughs> oh no, there's a whole dog in there. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, it's awful. That is awful. It's just kind of furry on the outside, but the rest is meat. <laughs> you have one more vote. Uh, Horace show pony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get this over here and get it tabulated. Okay, so looking at it now that it's been sorted from top to bottom. Four votes, unanimous, for fake Pepino from Pizza Tower. Three votes for the giant 12-legged nightmare horse from Paper Beast. Horse Show Pony with three votes. Everybody want to switch? Electronic Pet Fergie from Disguise 7 with three votes. And two votes for Reptile from Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. Ochi from Pikmin 4. Scream from Spider-Man 2. And only one vote for Creeping Chrysanthemum from Pikmin 4. I assume we're all okay locking in Pepino as the most hideous creature. Fake Pepino. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't expect it, but I am. The... The messed up thing is the images almost don't even do it justice. It is funny that that image specifically of the rematch fake Pepino has eyes like the horse. (laughs) But maybe worse because it's supposed to be human. So we'll lock that in for number one. Does anyone think because the next three-way tie and thus the next three slots are on giant 12-legged beast nightmare from Paper Beast. Nightmare horse from Paper Beast. Horse show pony and electric fur... Pet Fergie, electronic Pet Fergie. Does anyone think Reptile, Ochi, Scream, or Creeping Chrysanthemum should break up into this higher echelon? Because I think Ochi should? I'd be okay with Ochi. I feel bad that I didn't vote I'd for Ochi. I'd be okay with Ochi, but mm-hmm. the others I think are fine getting cut. Okay. Just to be clear, Reptile, you're fucking lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if there were another year. Legit. If there was another... Fu- any other year, man... <laughs> Okay, we have four things to vote between. I'm going to go ahead and say we get three votes. That should do a good enough spread. The vote is yet again between the giant 12-legged nightmare horse from Paper Beast, Horace Show Pony, Electronic Pet Fergie, and Ochi. We'll begin the vote with Bob. Uh, Horace Show Pony, Fergie, and Ochi. Chris. Fergie. Horse show pony. Paper beast. Aggro. Twelve legged horse. Fergie. Ochi. Ochi. Fergie. Twelve legged horse. <laughs> okay, so that would that put <laughs> what a weird sentence. That would put Fergie in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fake toy your horrible movie makes up everybody loves Fergie <laughs> it goes great with the Turbo Man <laughs> so it's funny that you say that uh-huh. they made a sequel to that movie that fe- that features a fake toy and that came out somewhat recently like in the past few years oh and it is yeah, it stars Larry the Cable Guy it stars yeah. Larry the Cable Guy oh my god and some Wrestler. And it wasn't it wasn't recent. It was ten years ago. Okay, I thought it was the last five. Silly me, but yeah. All so, right. 
So there you go. Whereas Turbo Man seems fully thought through. The thing in the sequel, apparently not at all. Mm. Okay, so that would elevate Electronic Pet Fergie to second place. With third place and runner-up split between Ochi, the 12-legged horse. Ochi, the 12-legged horse. We improved them. (laughs) Yes, just combined them. And obviously that would be the worst thing. It would. It really would. Um... We'll do one vote each to split Ochi and the twelve-legged horse from Paper Bees. Agro. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> these are such different kinds of fear. <laughs> yes. Well, you could lean into which one's the most hideous. Just yeah, which 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 means to instill fear mm. from the old French. Um. You know what? There is a a sort of alien majesty to the twelve-legged horse, and Mm. Ochi is just a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna vote for Ochi. Yes, there's like extra-dimensional space horror that comes from the Paper Beast horse, and Ochi's a badass. A trip. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more scared of the horse. I'm going to vote for the horse, Uh, Chris. The battle between Ochi and the horse is like, (laughs) what's scarier? The the creature that is obviously the thing in disguise or the thing when it is no longer in disguise? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ochi, Ochi and the horse. Okay, so you're saying your vote is going for Ochi? Yeah, Ochi. Okay. Bob. Yeah, unlike you guys, I'm not nearly as, like, I don't think that the 12-legged thing is as horrifying as is is all that for some reason. Like, I get it. I've seen it up close. I'm pretty sure I brought the VR headset on. And it never freaked me out as much as looking at Ochi does. <laughs> so I gotta give it to Ochi. <laughs> this is really funny because I'm like, the creeping chrysanthemum scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Ochi is fucking hideous, though. It is very intentional. I understand this vote. I will stand by it. Absolutely. I, I No contest for me. So, the way this list is currently is Fake Pepino, Fergie, Ochi, and the 12-legged Nightmare Horse. Everyone agrees that's good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... <sighs> That makes most hideous creature of 2023 in gaming fake Pepino. I hope the pizza tower guy's proud. <laughs> Second place goes to Electronic Pet Fergie from Disgaea 7. Third place is Ochi from Pikmin 4. And runner up the giant 12-legged nightmare horse from Paper Beast. It's tough. In a different year, horse show pony and reptile from Mortal Kombat 1 are duking it out with the space horse. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like if Horace Showpony had placed, we might have summoned him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good point. I want to break things up a bit. You know, we just discussed character designs that evoke certain energies. So I'm going to push this next category down one more category. We'll cover that in a moment. Making the next one we're going to talk about. Coolest thing in a game. This is going to contain massive spoilers for... Alan Wake 2, 
Armored Core 6, Atomic Heart, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Final Fantasy 16, Octopath Traveler 2, Pizza Tower, Silent Hope, Sonic Superstars, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario RPG. <laughs> Look out, there's spoilers for this really old game. Technically, yes. Super Mario Wonder, Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So if you just absolutely do not want to get spoiled on things from those games, tune in for the next category timestamp in the description. The nominees are Alex Casey from Alan Wake 2, Reality Warping from Alan Wake 2, Initiation 4 colon We Sing from Alan Wake 2, being able to take Swinburne's deal and kill him anyway in Armored Core 6. The thing that was blatantly Cubelay from Armored Core 6. Crispy Critters from Atomic Heart. Parrying from Resident Evil 4 Remake. The Titan Fight from Final Fantasy 16. Casty shouting Axe Attack from Octopath Traveler 2. Pepino has a gun from Pizza Tower. It is, you know, most video games that wouldn't even register. <laughs> when the princess leaves in Silent Hope. Cyber Station Zone from Sonic Superstars. Frozen Base Zone Act 2 from Sonic Superstars. The Venom Segment from Spider-Man 2. Super Boss from Super Mario RPG. Wonder Seed from Super Mario Wonder. Dedicated Loyalist Screaming Button from Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun. The Final Boss of Zelda, specifically the Dragon Segment from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And your first trip into the depths in Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I brought a few of these that I know no one knows anything about. So I'm going to talk about those real quick. Uh, when the princess leaves in Silent Hope. Okay, so the entire conceit of the game Silent Hope. No one can talk except for the princess who has a voice. Because one day the king disappeared into the chasm and took all of the evil with him. But in order to prevent any discord in the kingdom from that moment on, he took the voices of everyone. Because it was the voices that gave them the ability to cause mayhem amongst themselves and all of this gossiping and stuff that tore everyone apart. So you spend the entirety of this game only hearing this one voice that is the princess who talks nonstop anytime you're in town with all these mind-numbing barks she has about what do you think the best vegetable is? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'm going I'm to sing a cheerleader song about how to craft this armor. And when you beat the game through the short loop, not the true ending, but the short loop ending of this game, she and the king are rejoined as spirits and reborn as birds and gone. And everyone has their voices again. And now your base camp is full of every character being able to talk and they have to awkwardly get along as they have spoken for the first time. Weird. All right. That's pretty cool. It is so fucking cool. It is like this really crazy moment to me as it's just like I'm hearing these characters voices for the first time 20 hours into this game. And they're all just mm. like, man, the princess is like gone. You know what I like? I like this thing. Do you do you like that? <laughs> Let me quote I the princess. To tell her the best vegetable. <laughs> if only we knew. <laughs> Uh, it is a really crazy good moment that I didn't expect to land like that because I thought, you know, the ending of this game, you're going to get your voice back, but they have a deeper ending to it wherein you have to fight some extra dimensional being 
It's pretty cool. That guy's sick. As you do. He's he, he's the embodiment of agony and discord. Okay, good. Yeah, say. they usually are. They usually are, yeah. And every time you revisit town, you just have all these great, awkward conversations. Just every shop you go to, it's a different person talking now because each of the main characters runs a different thing. Like one of them's the farmer, one of them's the metallurgist, one of them's like whatever. One of them might be a chef who might be a shadow assassin. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. But it's this really neat moment. Um, yo, in Cyber Station Zone, you, you become voxels and all of the Sonic characters become voxels and it looks immaculate. But then it keeps changing you into different forms as you pass through the different light gates. So at one point you become, and I talked about this on Big Thing during the spoiler segment, uh, you become basically what looks like something between a rabbit and a bunny and you need to follow these lines to go up vertically and that's pretty cool. But at another moment, you become like squid jellyfishes made of voxels and just float around. Mm. So Amy Rose is now a pink blob that's just <laughs> undulating through the level. And it keeps doing this over and over. It's a really cool moment that I did not expect because literally I don't know how we ended up in cyberspace. <laughs> uh, I also talked about this next thing on Big Think. Uh, Frozen, Bo Frozen Base Zone Act 2 is literally fantasy zone. It becomes a shmup where you're in the shmup. You're basically in a tiny pod that is reminiscent of the exact ship from Fantasy Zone. You can control which direction you're aiming. There are eight enemies to kill. Huh. It is so directly that it's really amusing. And then you do a boss battle like that. It's really delightful and really fun. Really cool. I'm trying to see if any of the others of these are hyper specifically. I put them in here. I don't think that is the case. Uh, but I would like to talk about Pepino has a gun. <laughs> That's a really great moment at the very end of that game. Where they're just like, yeah, you played all through these levels with the grabbing mechanic, running up the walls, and all these other things, ways to deal things. Uh, this level is called War, and it's just a slaughter the entire way through with a tight timer as you blast every enemy in the face with a gun. Yeah, they, a shotgun. They give they give him a giant shotgun, and at the top the top right of the screen where they normally show his face, they show him as Duke Nukem. Oh my god, <laughs> it's really good. Um. Who wrote in Alex Casey? Would they like to make this argument? Because I could, but, you know, I've said enough. I did, because it's really funny that they're like, well, we technically don't own Max Payne, so just just do it anyway. <laughs> yes. Call him Alex Casey. <laughs> I'm not technically Max Payne. I'm Max Payne. <laughs> I was genuinely surprised, okay, that he did not sit there and make the same joke from Max Payne where he was like, I was trapped in a video game. It was the most fucked up thing I could possibly think of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, initiation 4 is completely amazing. That is a top moment in gaming. Yeah, it's, yes. it's incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, for the listener who's probably curious, uh, this is an entire sequence in the weird realm in which Alan is trapped, which is a musical number projected onto all the walls and an actual legitimate level of the game you have to play through and fight off enemies. As a live action, Alan Wake sings along with the band. It is much like the Game Awards thing, but it's integrated into the game in such an amazing, hilarious, and outstanding way. Like, really breaking new ground when i when we have been saying this feels like what kojima should be making now instead of death stranding mm -hmm. it is stuff like that 
yeah, like you'll even get to the end of a playable segment and you'll have gigantic projections of Alan Wake himself or other band members pointing you towards where to go next. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just so brilliantly done. Yeah, they do a really good job of if you dick around too long in one section, the, the song will just go into a soft loop until you get to the next section and it'll pick back up. It's very well put together. Yeah, and it is really good because as Bob was saying, they're like pointing and a lot of the times they'll just nod and look at the camera in a way that's just so cheeky. <laughs> yes. And one of my favorite lines later in the game is directly related to this of eventually the band members go into the dark place and then Alan's like, yeah, th- I saw them in my musical. I don't think they're actually getting <laughs> Yeah, they're like, whoa, they went in to get Saga. Okay, that's good then, right? I don't know. They came in while I was in there, and they just sort of helped me on my musical. And then they're like, oh, never mind then. <laughs> right, because he says it to the FBC agent. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I'm a lot less optimistic about this. Right. Um. Then there's also the reality warping. Who wrote this in specifically, and what would you like to highlight? Me. Uh, it's it's just really cool to instantly be able to change the layout of whatever you're dealing with, like whatever area you're in. Power of the SSD, baby. Oh, yeah. You're talking about yeah. the place like the Mind Palace and the Writing Cabin? and where you The Mind Palace and the Writing Cabin, and just when you're playing as Alan Wake, and you're like, I added this thing to the story. The, the setting is now different. Oh, yeah, when you throw up the light or you change the word for the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool stuff. Absolutely it, amazing and really showcases the power next gen. Yeah, it's rare to see something that is equally technologically and thematically cool. Exactly. <laughs> Alan Wake's really, really filling out this category. It's almost like it's an incredible game. <laughs> it's almost like that, I guess. I guess. Uh, who wrote in being able to take Swinburne's deal and kill him anyway? I wrote that because I think it's very neat that they included the option to, yeah, I'll stop attacking you to take the deal. And then as he tries to leave, you just shoot him and he dies instantly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then your AI companion's like, did you learn to be that ruthless from the handler? <laughs> uh, Ibis is sick as hell. The Ibis 01 cell 240, which is just Cubelay boss fight. Yeah. That was amazing. That is that is a top moment in that game. Yeah, I, th- I, I was thinking back on it. I wrote it in here because it was like, uh, that was absolutely the coolest boss fight in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who wrote Crispy Critters? Certainly wasn't me. I think that was th- there almost at the start of the year. Okay, I thought you would put it there. It makes sense in most m- mind-numbing bark. In fact, it, it should be in that category. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. One moment. Let me go check. It is. Okay. I know why plot why someone might write it, but since no one's owning it, I'm going to go ahead and delete it. Uh, parrying from Resident Evil 4 Remake? I don't think it needs much explanation, but it's really okay. sick that you can parry anything in that game, basically, if you time the knife right. Mm-hmm. It, and it feels real good when you do it, and they have a whole knife fight about it. Uh, the Titan fight from Final Fantasy 16 is Chris, I assume? Uh, yeah, the Titan fight is the best part of that game. It's it's big and cool and has a lot of phases and really elevated my expectations for the rest of the game. And then none of the none of the uh, icon fights in the rest of the game were nearly as good. <laughs> the the whole uh, two more that are in the game. I'm like it was. I I hope it was no. three. Oh god, no. Yeah, no, you don't you don't turn in you don't you don't get yeah. an icon fight against Odin. It's just a QTE. Hmm. Uh, let's see. We covered all that. Oh, wait. What's up with Casty shouting Axe Attack? 
So in Octopath Traveler 2, your characters do a lot of talking during combat in really cool ways. Like all of their special moves have specific lines that go with them. You know, they're usually cool shit like calculations complete before you rip off a giant spell. They also talk about like if you break an enemy on your turn, the next character up is like, oh, good job, such and such character. Like there's a lot of cool dynamic chatter. And then in the midst of all that, you have Casty, who is your apothecary character, who is the white lady of the team, who has an a, a, an axe <laughs> attack that hits all enemies. It's one of the rare weapon types. It's really useful. And she just yells axe attack and then <laughs> rips on the entire enemy team. <laughs> and it brought me so much joy every time it happened. <laughs> Um, who nominated the Venom segment and where do we draw the line? I nominated the Venom segment and I would say the whole, it's the segment where you play as Venom. Okay. Right. That makes okay. sense. That was a really cool segment. My favorite segment is the ending though, because it has Venom with the dragon wings and that's the sickest fucking thing. Like I might just write Venom with the dragon wings in as its own. <laughs> Jesus, what a fucking sick design. I, I never expected to play as Venom. I did, certainly didn't expect an extended sequence where he has every mechanic and also you have a boss fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot more than what was expected. Yeah, it feels like one of the few different ways that that game shows that they can do things closer to how it was before we had giant open worlds mm-hmm. where you could have a segment where you play as a person. Uh, Super boss, I assume, is Chris. Yep, that's Kulex, Kulex 3D, because I thought that was incredible. That was exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, uh, Agro, did you know about Super Mario RPG? You know about uh, Kulex? Like the, the, I'm, I'm, uh, I remember Kulex, yeah. Okay, so the first time you fight him, he starts talking about how his two-dimensional form in your 3D space is horrifying or whatever. And how different the dimensions are you beat the game and after doing a bunch of refights with every other boss you finally fight Kulix again and he now has a fully articulated 3d model that so is good. final fantasy style it is so good uh, and he's uh, like i have taken the power of your 3d realm <laughs> <laughs> uh the wonder seed how wondrous is the wonder seed i don't, I don't yeah anyone... i put it in here because it was just Every level, they come up with a new use for it. What do you... It's hard to think of any things in gaming like that where they come up with just a completely new way to use this mechanic in basically every stage. You have a few repeats, but it's a ton. Because it's not even a mechanic. That thing is a button to radically change what the game is. Yeah. Sometimes if we're on the wall, like it'll turn into a... You could uh, top game, down, yeah, top down control a game. Yeah, it that that was the most amazing one. Still stands out the most in my head as absolutely stunning because you hit this wonder seed and this normal Mario game, which is a two D platformer, becomes a top down sort of dungeon walker almost. Mm-hmm. Like it's so crazy that that shift just happens and you're just dealing with it. Yeah, and then just other ones that just mess with your idea of what a Mario game can be in general. Like, yeah, then the pipe just start moving like a weird snake. I'm like, okay, sure. I guess we're doing that. I guess, I guess that just happens now. Uh, dedicated loyalist screaming button from Warhammer 40k bolt gun. One of the greatest mechanics of the year is the fact that there is an entire button in this first person shooter that does nothing but make your character shout space marine shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just in the middle of combat, you'll like raise a fist and be like, I am your doom. The son of Gilliman knows no fear. <laughs> it's, it's pages and pages of these quotes. There's just always some new for the emperor shit pouring out of his mouth. It's great. Next up, we have the final boss of Zelda, specifically the dragon segment. I put this on here because I was just blown away by how they made this work. It's literally you is Link riding on top of the, the, the light dragon and fighting the Gan dragon. And every time you fall off, they have programmed it properly so that the light dragon will come around and catch you. And see, it, other just, video games, it would play a cutscene right. where that happens. Here, it happens completely seamlessly. Mm -hmm. It just felt so like no one else on the planet could make this work. And Nintendo had just put it here at the end. Like everything else in that game, it's like if, if this was in any other game by any other publisher, it would be janky as shit. But nothing in, in Tears of the Kingdom is janky. It's insane. T mm. Tears of the Kingdom should almost earn its own category of game that shipped exactly on time. <laughs> game that is completely fucking done. Uh, and then your first trip into the depths. I think Chris wrote this. No. Oh, okay. Nope, that one was me. Oh, okay. I was like, I know somebody beat me to it. Hey, Agro, you <laughs> yeah. go ahead. So you, you're playing Tears of the Kingdom. You finish that long sky tutorial. You hit the ground. You're like, all right, now the game's really begun. And then like 10 minutes later, you find this giant hole in the ground and you drop in and you fall and you keep falling and you're still falling and then you hit the depths and you see what's down there and you open your map and you realize the scope of what this game actually is. And it's mind-blowing. The depths are so amazing mechanically even, bereft of the rest of that, mm -hmm. that that could have been its own game. Mm -hmm. It is a truly amazing moment when you hit that down there. I went to go write this into the category after I beat the game, and I was like, ah, oh, somebody beat me to it! <laughs> Absolutely amazing moment. That is when the game went from, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm having fun with this. It's all right, to, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. How was this hidden? How did no one... Oh, my God! This is the most indulgent I will be for the entire game of the year. You get six votes. Whoa. I mean, they're all really good, so I get it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with Bob. Initiation 4, we th sing. They sing now. <laughs> they sing now? They sing now. That, that really did just blow me away. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is going to be cool. Oh, oh, this is really cool. The song is incredible. How did they do this? <laughs> um, final boss of Zelda. The Cubulet fight in Armor Core. You have three more. My God. There's so many things. Reality warping in Alan Wake. The first trip to the depths. One more. Parrying in RE4. Uh, we're going to go to aggro next. Your first trip into the depths. Initiation four. Even though I feel like personally Dark Ocean Summoning, I liked more, but <laughs> fuck me, Initiation four. <laughs> 
I will stand Casty shouting axe attack until the day I die. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It is really good. Because <laughs> she's your healer. You don't expect <laughs> axe attack. <laughs> you have three more votes. The reality warping in Alan Wake 2. The dedicated loyalist screaming button. And the Venom segment from Spider-Man 2. I wish I didn't know the Venom rap. I wish I was just bereft of the knowledge that that existed so that way I could read the name Venom and hear the name Venom and not think of that rap. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to say when the princess leaves in Silent Hope because... uh, a game of that budget, a game where the story isn't that up front and center, I was surprised that it could have a moment that actually put me on my back foot and that it kind of continued the loneliness of the princess not being able to talk to anyone through the other characters not being able to talk to her anymore and also having to get along. Like, that actually landed really hard in a way I didn't expect. Um... First trips into the depths, absolutely mind-blowing top video game moment. Same goes for Initiation 4. Both of those were... It, it moved the boundaries of what I imagined is possible in gaming. Uh, I think a large part of why I really enjoy Tears of the Kingdom lies in the depths. To be clear, and I have no problem saying this because we already declared spoilers for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom... I was really close to just putting Zelda turns into a fucking dragon on this list. (laughs) (laughs) Because holy shit. It's fine. It's fine. There's always best plot twist. Ooh. This is really tough. This is really, really tough. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Pepino has a gun. (laughs) Because keep in mind, before this moment, right? You get that gun for one short segment of one level that is... Also amazing and hilarious in its own right because it's the Five Nights at Freddy parody level. And you spend the whole level avoiding an unkillable foe. Multiple unkillable foes. All of them being Five Nights at Freddy parodies. And then you get the gun to blow them up (laughs) as you try to escape the level as the level self-destructs. So between that and war, absolutely amazing how it plays out. Uh, and now I'm just going to start screaming instead of making any decision because I only get two more votes and look at this category. Uh, that Cubile boss fight is absolutely sick, especially the part where you think it's finally destroyed and then it takes off the, the chains, the inhibitors <laughs> unlocked. Uh, that was a moment where I finally felt like the game was actually fully challenging me. Mm-hmm. And that it's didn't take me a really long time to beat. It was such a level of engagement that I really prayed that the DLC, if they make any, will just build upon that and be even more absolutely top tier sicko content <laughs> with really cool mech designs. That in and of itself is the strength of Armored Core 6 that it has really awesome bosses. Mm-hmm. Other Armored Cores have bosses. They have big mechs you fight. But this is the one where, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's Dark Souls boss designs, but it's Armored Core. And I get where they're coming from, and that is not a terrible way to describe it. These are bosses with moves 
built into them. Patterns built into them. Right. And this is the coolest among them all. The boss has two phases. It's like in Dark Souls. Oh, you're right. No, it, you're no, right. no, no. What makes it what makes it a thing like Dark Souls is it has a command crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the hit detections may be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's only a Souls boss. If it rushes at you with a sword, you're sure you're dodged, and then you're impaled on the sword and you have to see an animation that kills you. <laughs> uh I'm gonna do a thing that dudes are never supposed to do i'm gonna completely cross cool and cute and cyber station zone from sonic superstars is gonna take it because oh man those transformations are so sick and i never expected an official sonic game to do stuff like that that is so adorable and so awesome so good i'm i'm sad i couldn't also vote for the fantasy zone thing because that completely floored me and they're, they're the final moment of that sequence is you fly up to like a death egg uh -huh. and just abruptly blow open the wall in like three bullets. <laughs> they act like it was literally nothing to do and it just explodes out. It's so good. Okay, and that's it for me. Chris, you have the final votes for wave one. Initiation four. Pepino has a gun. I really like the Venom segment. So the Venom segment. Venom. Reality warping. I'm sorry, Alan Wake 2 is just too cool. <laughs> Cubelay. And Bob convinced me on uh, Zelda, the final boss. I did think multiple times, like, am I going to, am I like, do I need to, like, is there a convenient updraft to keep pushing me higher if I deploy the gliders? Like, no, that she just comes and gets you. We made the game correctly. <laughs> it's like, but no one else has ever done that before. Yeah, well, we thought we would do that. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be right. Like, what? No, that's... You're not allowed. Okay, let me get that typed in, sorted, and back in the document so that way we can find out what the hell's going on here. Because there are so many votes. Okay. Ordered by a number of votes. Uh, four votes for Initiation 4, We Sing, in Alan Wake 2. Three votes for Reality Warping in Alan Wake 2. Cubelay from Armored Core 6. Your first trip into the depths from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. There are two votes each for Pepino Has a Gun, Venom segment, and Final Boss of Zelda, specifically the Dragon segment. One vote each for Parrying from Resident Evil 4 Remake, Casty shouting Axe Attack from Octopath Traveler 2, When the Princess Leaves in Silent Hope, Cyber Station Zone from Sonic Superstars, and the dedicated Loyalist Screaming Button from Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun. Just so you know, Agro, I really wanted to vote for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compelling thing. It is. I feel like we actually did learn a lot, even from just wave one. I'm of the opinion we lock in initiation for. It seems like the thing we're most unanimous on, mm -hmm. given we all voted for it. But does mm -hmm. anyone want to argue up <clears throat> something else? Not to number one. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah. That literally is number one moment in a game this year for me. Yeah. Okay. We'll go ahead and lock that in at number one. We have a three-way split for uh, this next tier. Did anyone want to elevate something else up to that tier? I want to put Venom up because I felt bad for not being able to vote for Venom. Okay. And that was a really good segment in that game. I want to put up Pepino has a gun. Yeah, I would also like to argue up Pepino has a gun. Okay, so then we would be talking about voting between these five. Is that okay? Fine with me. 
yeah, this should work. I, I, I don't think I'll be able to get us all on board for Final Boss of Zelda. I know you at least won't be able to get me because the actual gameplay of what you do isn't great. Mm -hmm. Like, once again, and this sure would have been something we talked about in a 3Cam video about that game if that happened. Uh, I don't enjoy the combat in that game at all. So the method through which you're fighting the different elements of the dragon isn't fun, but the fact they pulled it off is insane. Right. It's like absolutely... We were told for decades this wasn't possible. <laughs> Man, go look to Nintendo making a sequel. <laughs> like, <laughs> making any Zelda after this is going to be rough in the eyes of the public. Um, okay, well, that Venom. <laughs> okay, so we have five options. We're going to do three votes each. Aggro, go. The reality warping. Your first trip to the depths and Venom segment. Bob. Cubulay. Mm, first trip to the depths. God, I don't. I don't want to not vote for you again, Venom, after I just got you up here. <laughs> but reality warping is really cool. It is pretty sick. Uh, yeah, reality warping. Sorry, Venom. <laughs> you know, Bob, I know you're really tied up on this reality warping, but what if you voted for Pepino has a gun? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of cool, yeah. I, I like these other things more, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Chris. Reality warping. Cubelet. Pepino has a gun. Uh, Pepino has a gun. First trips into the depths. Cubulet. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Okay, uh, Pepito has a gun and Venom segment don't have three votes each, so I think it makes sense to drop those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Bye, Venom. Bye, Pepino has a gun. Okay, so we got three things left. The reality warping, the Cubulet, and the first trips into the depths. I think number two is the first trips into the depths. Here's my reasoning. The Cubulet thing, really sick moment and cutscene. Really great boss fight. But it is not the insane moment that is the entire... There's a third layer to the sandwich. Mm -hmm. There's a whole other 50% more game here than I thought. And it has these interesting darkness mechanics. And this amazing aesthetic. And these incentives to wander in the darkness versus being careful and going and getting a thing to shoot on an arrow to illuminate things. There are so many different things about the depths that are absolutely amazing. And that first trip in is mind-blowing, especially since my first trip in was diving into a volcano opening. <laughs> like that giant mountain where there's a hole in it was right. my first time in. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> to me, that's number two. Here's my argument against reality warping from Alan Wake 2. That is cool. It is an amazing thing thematically and mechanically. But I do see a version of that game that is basically as amazing as it is without that entirely. Unlike Zelda here. Zelda, you take out the depths. Mm -hmm. And I do not enjoy that game anywhere near as much. You take out the reality warping. 
in Alan Wake where you change the environment by throwing a light up and you change the word that you attach to the thing to change the thing itself. And compared to a lot of the other things in Alan Wake 2, that does not affect me as much. That's fair. I think that it's a really cool mechanic and a very important thing in that game, but it, it probably not as, as important as the depths. They did really hide the depth, so I, I get it. Right. I enjoyed the caves more in Zelda, but the depths are more important. Yeah, the caves are really neat, mm-hmm. but the depths have the whole optic nerve light spire right. thing, which is like a really brilliant twist on the watchtower. You know, the Ubisoft tower moment. Mm-hmm. Completely revolutionized to be like, no, it's not a fog of war. It is darkness. Literal darkness. So I'd be cool with the depths being number two. Yeah, I'm cool with that. If I can get the depths to two, I will be okay with Cubelay falling to runner-up. Because at some level, I have, you know, I can recognize, like, the reality warping is not only key to the narrative Mm -hmm. and absolutely amazing in the ways it lets you get more introspection into Alan Wake and his environment and these other ideas and mechanically brings them into the physical realm for that character. I get that that's more important than, yo, that's the Cubulet. <laughs> and this boss fight rules. <laughs> so I, I think that's the order. Are people okay with that? That sounds good to yeah, I'm me. I'm fine with it. Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. Okay. Although it, it, it would behoove me to point out okay. uh, that not pushing the dedicated loyalist screaming button higher is technically considered heresy. <laughs> First, gave you your part one, Deuteronomy. Now this? <laughs> Are you serious, man? Look. Well, well it's, it's a fascist religious empire. They have a lot of things you're not allowed to do. It's <laughs> kind of the point. I'm just saying Agro's bringing a lot of baggage into Game of the Year. A lot of do's and don'ts. The Emperor protects, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> At least he did before he got put in that gold toilet. <laughs> look now now he sustains the webway and guides us through all of the horrible bureaucracy that does all those horrible things but not the emperor he's cool well that makes coolest thing in a game for 2023 initiation four we sing from alan wake two with second place going to your first trips into the depths from zelda's tears of the kingdom Third place, Reality Warping from Alan Wake 2. And runner-up, IB01, CEL240, Cubelay boss fight from Armored Core 6. This was a sick year in gaming. Yeah. I wanted, oh, to, yeah. I wanted to vote for Alex Casey so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. The next category, Best Trailer. The nominees are Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Release Date Announced Trailer. Grand Theft Auto 6. Immortals of Avium. Trademark. Official launch trailer. Phantom Blade Zero. Prince of Persia The Lost Crown. Hyphen. Reveal gameplay trailer. Sonic Superstars. Announced trailer. South of Midnight. Super Mario RPG Reveal trailer. Super Mario Wonder Reveal trailer. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, official trailer, pound sign 2. <laughs> Visions of Mana. 
Dragon Ball colon sparking exclamation mark zero uppercase announcement trailer. Look at the point where Dragon Ball Z gets at. Well, fun fact that is that is the only one of these that's not in alphabetical order. But more importantly, <laughs> at the point where it gets to make its title that double colon should be allowed. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be savage. Four votes. That's what you get. You should feel lucky for it. I'm gonna go ahead and do mine first. Uh, Sonic Superstars. Um, didn't see that coming. That announcement. That's a really mm. good trailer. Really solid. It sells you on exactly why you would be interested. What characters are in it? What it looks like? What the core idea is? It's a really solid trailer. Super Mario Wonder reveal trailer. Do I have to say it? Super Mario Wonder is the Alan Wake 2 of 2D platforming games. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Visions of Mana. This literally is the please stop praying for my grandfather. He has become too strong of game reveal trailers. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here, a Mana fan burned because these Saga fans were eating so well. And then this trailer hit and it was a complete reversal of fates. <laughs> It's almost like your viewpoint initially was also ridiculous. <laughs> Look, they got a lot of saga games, and they were kind of nice, and they were bringing some back. And I'm just saying, all, we all got... of them combined have less money in them. Than <laughs> That's not of what's important. <laughs> Look, they could have just not given Mana any money ever again, and just been done with it. <laughs> like trials sold really well. Oh, uh, never even, again. It wouldn't even be the first time. I feel like they did that. Mana, Mana always seemed like a series on edge. Uh, in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer, uh, here, here's why. Here's why, okay? You play Seven Remake, and it's like, this is great. I love the stuff in this. I hope for the next one. The scope's so big. How are they going to deal with that? I'm real nervous. Then you play Final Fantasy XVI, a game with no mini games. <laughs> and you go, oh, God. Please don't tell me Rebirth's going to be like that. Please tell me it's going to have Chocobo racing and all these things with Golden Saucer and these big open areas. That is Final Fantasy VII. You can't skimp on that. And that trailer, it shows you it's going to be that. It looks like it's doing it, man. It, it sure that the, the every cut of that trailer sure shows an entirely different city or biome. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure the first 30 seconds of that trailer shows more unique environments than is in Final Fantasy XVI. And they show a black chocobo walk up a sheer cliff wall to be like, yeah, no, like it's, it's, fucking, it's still like all it's terrain. It's a fucking horse in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of correct decisions right there. Yeah. They also show Cloud on, on the, uh, on on the, segway, on the which segway, which was delightful. <laughs> yes, which was hilarious and delightful. And they show the beachside stuff. Like that trailer was the affirmation to me. That trailer was the, it's going to be all right. So that's why I'm voting for that. Those are all my votes. Uh, we're going to go next to Agro. Phantom Blade Zero. Uh, I rewatched that trailer this morning and did the exact same amount of hooting and hollering that I did the first time I saw it during whatever show it was at. Uh, that trailer is awesome. Every shot at it has something cool and intriguing. There's like gameplay looking footage mixed in. It's just it's a it's a treat for the eyes. South of midnight, there is a certain threshold of cool and all CG trailer has to be, I think, in order to be, especially for a new IP, mm -hmm. 
to be really considered a good trailer. And this, this crosses it. This is interesting. It's intriguing. It's, it's everything a first taste should be. I'm going to go for Grand Theft Auto six because it's, I mean, just on quality alone, like this, the cut, the edit, the production, these guys are really, really good at it. I can't help but notice Agra has one more vote. Bob, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that Immortals of Avium trailer not the one where they coined the famous line, sigil up? <laughs> it sure is. It's an th- important thing. A, a thing we later found out. He's not even the first person to say that in that game. That's someone else's catchphrase and he steals it for the moment. Boo, yeah, yeah. What, what the boo, hell were they thinking of that? Know. What the hell were they thinking? Uh, they made boo. a catchphrase and then they made the main character <laughs> steal it from someone. <laughs> It's not even like it's oh they died and he's carrying it on. No, right, like, which no, is normally fine. how that works, right? Right. But no, it's just he's an asshole who's uncreative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Canonically, I guess. <laughs> God, that trailer's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna go for Tears of the Kingdom official trailer number two. Bob. <sighs> that Mario RPG reveal trailer. Really, just like it was one, another of those moments. Was like it can't be this. Like there's no way they're doing this. Oh my god, they're doing this, <laughs> which is always fun. Mm. That Tears of the Kingdom trailer was really good. Very th- thematic. Let you get a taste of what that game is, but not actually tell you anything. <laughs> this is the mana. I don't even know if the trailer's all that great, but there's just something about a brand new Mana game with this much budget. You can just be like, oh no, that was great. I don't care what, the, what it actually showed me. It was really cool. It showed me everything I needed to see. There was a <laughs> flaming. <laughs> I think that Final Fantasy VII trailer is really great. It just has that last tw- 10 or 20 seconds where it's uh-huh. like, hey, remember all that stupid stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, don't don't worry. There's gonna be a twist, and Bob's like, I don't want there to be one. They're like, okay, see you in February. Bob's like, hey, <laughs> come back. Um. So instead, I'm going to vote for Phantom Blade Zero. That <laughs> that really was like, is this real? Oh man, if it is, it's gonna be sweet. <laughs> yeah, no. If that if that trailer is real, that that could usher us in an era of like make cool action game that look good but linear mm-hmm. right it, oh man i hope it's real okay final round of voting goes to chris chris you have the floor final fantasy 7 rebirth visions of mana Super Mario Wonder, because at first I was like, oh, it's another shitty new Super Mario Brothers game. And there's like, actually, it's not. And we're not calling it that because we know. (laughs) We know what the fans of those games don't know. And everyone else does. Yeah, Phantom Blade Zero. Okay. We're going to get this organized and start the second wave. Okay. Tied with three votes each is Visions of Mana and Phantom Blade Zero. Two votes each uh, ties up Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release date tra- announced trailer, Super Mario Wonder reveal trailer, 
in The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom official trailer 2. And then one vote each going to Grand Theft Auto 6, Sonic Superstars, South of Midnight, and the Super Mario RPG reveal trailer. Gentlemen, I would like to bring up Grand Theft Auto 6 to the two-vote category. Would that be permitted? I don't have an issue with it. As the one who voted for it, that's good with me. <laughs> sure, go for it. Okay. Does anyone else want to bring up anything else? Immortals of Avium. <laughs> okay, we're just... <laughs> it's gone now. Uh... How do I say this in a way that's appropriate? Do we really think Phantom Blade Zero is either the best trailer or second best trailer of the year? I do. I, I'd be fine with just putting it in the mix with everything else. It's a really good trailer, but I'm fine with knocking it down and letting uh, Visions of Mana win. Obviously, I'm okay with that. Are other people okay with Visions of Mana locking it in? Because my my thing isn't to just kick it, kick Phantom Blade Zero out of the lead, so that way Visions of Mana is uncontested. Uh-huh. It's more of unreal that Phantom Blade Zero's up here. It's a I really get, good trailer. It's a really good trailer. <laughs> I'm yeah, really I, I don't. It, Visions of Mana should win over it just because it's another game we won't know that's whether or not it's real until Black Myth Wukong comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that's like that's fair. Yeah, okay. I'm fine with putting visions and just giving that first place and then the rest can fight it out. You know what, though? I'm okay giving it to Phantom Blade Zero. <laughs> How about we do the voting on the rest of this and then we start viewing it as, is Phantom Blade Zero better than whatever? Sure. Sure. Okay. So, uh, we're going to get two votes each. These votes are between... Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release date announced trailer, Super Mario Wonder reveal trailer, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom official trailer 2, and Grand Theft Auto 6. I'll start the voting. Grand Theft Auto 6 and Super Mario Wonder reveal trailer. Bob. Hmm. This is rough. On the Mario's a trailer, Mm -hmm. I have to give one to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Honestly, that yeah. is a really well cut trailer. Like, divorce from any content that may or may not be in that game. Mm-hmm. I can't deny that. Yeah, hmm. it. They did a masterful job of cutting a trailer, showing you all the things you want to know and see, mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that's so seamless and elegant. Right. It doesn't at all feel clunky in doing it. It's a pretty short runtime for what they show too. Yeah. And I'll give it to what Mario Wonder. You know, aggro. Grand Theft Auto 6. And yeah, Super Mario Wonder. Chris. Final Fantasy and Super Mario Wonder. Okay. Looks like Super Mario Wonder reveal trailers going up to third. Uh, and currently, Grand Theft Auto 6 and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth are tied. We may just want to give them both runner-up. Because <laughs> uh, honestly, even I could go either way, but I feel strongly... There's something about Grand Theft Auto 6 being like... It doesn't get me the most hype because I've... Uh, had the organ removed from my body that lets me get hyped about anything that doesn't come out in the next calendar year unless it's Metroid Prime 4. (laughs) (laughs) 
for me, Grand Theft Auto 6 falls down a bit because there's so much. Just, yeah, we made this this Florida Man thing that actually happened, and we we put it in the game. That's the trailer, and the, there's so much of the, that trailer is that it's like that's neat, but it's like eighty percent of the trailer. Kind of, but at the same time, that's kind of the essence of Grand Theft Auto. You know, you watch mm-hmm. the fucking Vice City trailer, and it's like, hey, you remember Miami Vice? <laughs> you you ever you ever watch? You see Scarface? You ever see Scarface? This is pretty cool, right? Our game's that. Right. And this is like establishing, we're doing Florida, but we're doing it like in the way that Florida is and also is respected as. Mm-hmm. We've had dual runners up before. I'm fine with doing that. Yeah, I yeah. feel like we're so evenly split on this. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll go ahead and do that then. <laughs> let's talk about the rest of this though that seems correct to me visions of mana phantom blade zero and super mario wonder that seems like the correct pecking order to me just because super mario wonder is in third place because it doesn't how do i put this phantom blade zero could very much be exactly real right mm-hmm. there's not enough there for me to doubt it but also what they're pushing forward is something we're not seeing anywhere else in the level of wuxia sort of kung fu and action combat. I think that trailer's really well done for showing me what looks like a really exciting time and that needs to be celebrated. And uh, Visions of Mana is something I never dreamed possible in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think this order's good. Yeah. Agro. I would change it, but have no problem accepting it as it is. What would you change it to? I, I would just switch one and two, but because I like, I have that same personal preference of, oh no, the Phantom Blade thing is more of the shit that I like instead of <laughs> Visions of Mana. So it's, I'm cool with this. I understand it. It works for me. Okay. Man, if only Visions of Mana showed more Wushu Kung Fu. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yes, that is categorically true. All things could have been improved by, by a little. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to be on. I got to be on Agra's side with this about that one. Yeah. You know, the, usually in a mana game, there are a number of playable characters that have very different combat styles. There is a chance. <laughs> Will one of them have like an eight foot red and black Dow? <laughs> Who knows? The trailer really leaves you open to that possibility. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, so we're okay locking this like this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, so then, the best trailer of 2023 goes to Visions of Mana immediately followed up by Phantom Blade Zero in second place, Super Mario Wonder reveal trailer in third place, and two kings tied for runner-up, Grand Theft Auto 6 and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth release date announced trailer. It is at this moment, I must admit, uh, Secret of Mana was my first video game, and I am absolutely biased. Okay, moving on, now that it's locked <laughs> <laughs> Content warning for the next category. The scrimblows might be very scrimblow bimblo. So if you have an allergy, <laughs> be aware. The nominees are Cheshire from Bayonetta Origins. 
Wait, what is the full tire title again? It's like Bayonetta Origins, Cereza in the, the Demon Forest. Some... It's something forest, I thought. Maybe. Whatever. Lily from Discronia Kronos Alternate. Pirilika from Disgaea 7. Suisen from Disgaea 7. Tiger Chan from Endless Monday, Dreams and Deadlines. Tamamo Arya from Fate Samurai Remnant. Sami from Fire Emblem Engage. 808 from Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> Pitch Dark Hook the Great <laughs> from Honkai Star Rail? That's that's sure a star that's sure a Mihoyo name. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Pom Pom from Honkai Star Rail. Backpack Korok from Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Ochi from Pikmin 4. Brick from Pizza Tower. Mario from Super Mario RPG Remake. Bunny from Star Ocean 2R. And Lapis from Trails into Reverie. This is me at my most cruel. We get four votes. Oh my god, alright. Okay. I'm taking a closer look at Cheshire. I can't help but notice Pirilika here in her own illustration became a weird sharp featured thing. She turned into she turned into Kaiji from the anime Kaiji. He, she, mm-hmm. she sure did. Uh-huh. <laughs> These things happen in Disgaea. You just have to roll yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, like like in every other one, somebody turns into a Baki character in Sky 7. In every one of the every other, <laughs> here's our jokes for the next episode. Uh, tell me about Suisen. He, he's a little robot guy. Uh, he can perfectly predict the future, except when he can't. He seems <laughs> to have a blade for a unicorn horn. Yeah, he's a, he's a robot. That's <laughs> what robots be. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Not, not, have you not yeah, seen anime? Not all of them. He kind of sucks because he keeps predicting things constantly and he will always give you the numbers. That's yeah. pretty great. Uh, we also have Tiger Chan from Endless Money Dreams of Deadlines, which may have been nominated based on the plush. <laughs> Possibly. Tell me about Tamamo, because Tamamo is basically still human, but very scrimblo. Yeah, she is a tiny little weird fox girl who's always acting like she's like really dazed and out of it. Possibly high. <laughs> uh yeah, she's in love with you, kind of, but also with anyone, seemingly. And also, <laughs> they released a, I believe it was a New Year's animation, but it might have been right before New Year's, where she tries to unsheath her sword, and she just, she's basically chasing her tail because you can't reach it. It's, I was it's literally tied to her. If she could do that. Um, yeah, I don't believe she's playable, and she's just weird and dazed at all times. Her uh, servant class is Ryder, because uh, she explicitly tries to take advantage of everyone. <laughs> yes, her alleged love for you does seem to be like a way to let you live, with, or let her live with you, because she needs a house. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Sami, I have not played Fire Emblem Engage. This is the Shrine Spirit thing, correct? Yes. Um, if, dude, that is just uh, computer, 
Generate uh, Scrimblo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sure how that looks. You can dress it up even. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it with shades, and I was like, man, this year barely started, and this Scrimblo dude's locking it in. He's just He just shows up in a cave, and you're like, what's your deal? And he's like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, 808 is the cat robot from Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, Pitch Dark Hook the Great is literally nothing like I imagined based on the name. Uh, yeah, she is the leader of the moles. Um, half her scrimblow energy comes from her appearance and half comes from her voice. That's dangerous. So if, you, if you'd like to... Uh, Take a listen to the link I just provided. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's just uh, watch this TikTok. Here we go. One moment. Yeah, this is a lot. This is a yeah. lot of a lot. Wow. Yeah, that uh, that giant metal hand of hers is called Mr. Diggertron. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm regretting four votes. <laughs> nah, you gotta be cruel to be kind. Uh, Pom Pom here from Honkai Star Rail literally looks like a Sergeant Frog character. You can't fool me. They already put this dude into Genshin last year. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just think like, oh, that that's their version of Morgana. Oh, God, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have Ochi. If we've all seen Ochi. We've all seen Ochi. Everybody's seen Ochi. Dark Scrimblo. <laughs> right, Scrimblo parentheses psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we have Brick from Pizza Tower, uh, Mario from Super Mario RPG, Bunny from Star Ocean, the second story R. Tell me about Lapis Trails into Reverie character, because oh my god. Uh, okay, her name's Lapis Rosenberg. Of course. Have you, have you seen, have you seen Rosen Maiden? No. Mm. Are you aware of Rosen Maiden? Oh god. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a doll. Ah, uh, I see. She's a she's a living doll that you uh that that uh is initially stored in a black suitcase. Mm. And she uses a gigantic axe. I see. She's also simultaneously a super genius and really dumb. So that's why her eyes are two different colors. One power part is the smart part. <laughs> well, well that and uh Suiseki from Rosen Maiden also has different colors. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh Okay, I'm definitely not voting first. Chris. Lapis. I think something core to the Scrimblo archetype is they have to be cute, but there has to be at least a little part of your brain, at least a little bit, that's just like, I need to hit him with a rock. I need to take this rock <laughs> and overhead swing down into this creature as hard as I can. Uh, so backpack, Korok. <laughs> <laughs> Pyrilika. I don't think enough have been said to sell people on Pyrilika. Pyrilika is like three and a half feet tall and it, is a weeb. Mm hmm. And also gets does nothing but get sayings wrong. So the entire game, the bit that goes on is she will say a, a, like a turn of phrase completely wrong and then someone corrects her. You just have to live with that. Cool. I'm going to be honest. I looked over, saw this character, and I was like, maybe I do want to play Disguise 7. She yes, seems, you do. She seems uh, unhinged. <laughs> and and based on the, the hitting with a rock energy, uh, uh, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> He's a threat, but that feels cruel. <laughs> How could you be so mean to him? <laughs> uh, we go next to Agro. Yeah, he's right about Mario. Um, 
this Mario has like it's it, it's it's purely humanoid and yet exudes the energy, and you kind of like you want to you want to hit it with a rock. You want to get the first strike because there's something unnerving about it. And I'm just you're worried that if you don't kill it in one strike, you're fucked. It, it's he has such childlike energy, like he's the child who who doesn't who who was poorly raised and like has no manners or or social barriers at all. Oh my god! Uh, Sami from Fire Emblem, correct. A weird little mascot character amongst weird little mascot characters. The only thing I know about Lily from Discronia is this image that I've seen multiple times. <laughs> And I, I just want to drop a cinder plot. Jesus. <laughs> no, no, let's hear him out. <laughs> no, that's the end of that thought. <laughs> yeah, that's the essence of Scrimblo. <laughs> Last vote. Uh, I'm going to go with my girl, Pitch Dark Hook the Great. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Uh, Sami literally don't even have to directly engage with the game to see the massive scrimblow energy. You can, it's like Blutz waves. <laughs> it is illegal levels. <laughs> it is literally, uh, not, not legal to sell in California. Sami, uh, Hagro's really selling me on pitch. Dark hook. The great, absolutely throwing a vote in there. Uh, Lily from Discronia Kronos alternate, demands head pats the first time you activate it. Oh my god. And you do that in VR. <sighs> yeah, okay, Cinderblock. And <laughs> <sighs> only one more. It's a tight category. It is. It is really really contentious this year. Possibly the most it's ever been. Uh, I'm giving it to Mario from Super Mario RPG Remake. And that's my four votes. Bob. Man. <laughs> They're also Scrimblow. That's yeah, terrible. I wanted to vote for Brick. Yeah. No, I get it. He already run Rat of the Year, so I don't feel too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look at Brick and don't have any malice in my heart whatsoever, so I can't in good faith vote for him for Scrimblow. <laughs> you don't worry about Brick burning down your house? No. Because in, in my opinion, that's a core part of the Scrimblow energy. That is the exact level of malevolence they will unleash upon me, so that way I'm not safe in my life. They'll burn my house down. Mario would absolutely burn my house down. Lily would burn my house down. Pitch Dark Hook the Great would not understand that fire would consume the whole building. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She'd be like, ooh, ooh, what I do? Like, this fire can't be Hook's fault. <laughs> Sami knows. <laughs> um, I'm going to vote for Perilica. Does Perilica know? <laughs> she should. <laughs> Well, she'd be really optimistic about having set your house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can turn this around, gang. Yeah, it's okay. We got this. Uh, I have to vote for Lily. It's it's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, you, you have my memories inside of you, but you're demanding head pats right now. And say, oh, okay, fine. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, great. This <laughs> fine. 
Tamamamau. Mo. Tamamo. Yes, from Samurai Remnant. Tamau Mao. That's Tiger Chan, Bob. Oh my God. I'm tempted to vote for Tiger Chan, but no, I'm sorry. Tiger Chan, there's, it's, it's, she's too nice. She, there's, there's something about Tiger Chan. Okay, so uh, spoilers for Endless Monday. Okay. You threatened to erase her from history because you drew her, you brought her into this world, you could take her out. And she tries to de-escalate at that point, right? Uh Uh-huh. And she spends the rest of the game afraid of you if you don't literally kill her. <laughs> that part of her makes... She knows fear. She can't be true Scrimblow. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> See, her motives are too knowable. That also <laughs> eliminates her from the Scrimblow category to me. Right. And it seems to me, at least, without provocation, Tiger Chin would not bite you, which all of the rest of these, I think, would. <laughs> yeah, I feel like random anime fans would bite you. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, oh, my God. I don't, I don't want to vote for Sami, but I might have to. <laughs> I just look at him and I'm like, no, you're, you are too scrimblow to not be voted for. So yes, Somni. It's, it's Somni is like a gravity well of scrimblow. Yeah. It was, this is the most, to me personally, this is the most cold and advanced this category has ever fucking been. It was made in a lab. It's disgusting and gross and I hate yeah. it. <laughs> that thing is a scrimblow type Pokemon. <laughs> okay. We have a three-way tie with three votes each between oh Lily from Discronia Kronos Alternate, Sami and Mario from Super Mario RPG <laughs> Remake. That is correct. That is the top three. I don't know what the order is. We'll talk about it. With two votes each, we have tied Pirlika from Disgaea 7 and Pitch Darkhook the Great from Honkai Star Rail. With one vote each, we have Tamamo Arya from Fate Samurai Remnant, Backpack Korok from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and Lapis from Trails into Reverie. Does anyone want to argue up anything? I feel like Backpack Korok should at least be under consideration because Nintendo also understood, like, yeah, you, you just want to kill them. <laughs> like, they're here for you to, to build torture machines to use on. They scream the whole time, and this is funny to you, the player. <laughs> okay, I'll allow like, it. You, you, can, you can play Korok Space Program with them. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Uh, to make things easier, how about we discuss the runner-up first? Because I don't think these three aren't the top three. They absolutely are. Mm-hmm. So I think figuring out the runner-up's the smart move. Sure. Okay, we're going to try this. I don't know if it will succeed, but we're going to try it. Two votes each. Bob, between Pirlika from Disgaea 7, Pitch Dark Hook the Great from Monkai Star Rail, in Backpack Korok from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, it's got to be Perlica in the Backpack Korok. Aggro. Uh, Pitch Dark Hook in the Backpack Korok. Chris. Pirelika in the Backpack Korok. <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern. Uh, I'm going to do uh, Pitch Dark Hook the Great. And, uh... Shit, yeah. The Backpack Korok. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That motherfucker climbed out of, like... Yeah. Oblivion into runner-up. 
and he still can't find his friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, he wasn't the strongest design, but he was the most focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, none of these other ones have a whole gameplay mode of, of their large game. This just destroy them. Right. <laughs> Crush like, them with the cinder block, please. Delight with the misery. <laughs> Shall, attach the glue them to a boulder and launch it through space. This is efficient, actually. Don't feel bad about it. <laughs> they love this. They're screaming right now. They love this. Okay, so currently our top three is Lily from Discronia Kronos Alternate, Sami from Fire Emblem Engage, and Mario from Super Mario RPG Remake. In my head, the order goes Sami, Mario, Lily. Correct. I was actually thinking Somni, Lily, Mario. I was thinking Mario, Lily, Sami. You get all those votes, Dan? <laughs> no, sorry. One moment, let me open a straw poll with ranked choice voting. <laughs> the, the, the dis... I feel like Sami doesn't evoke the primal reaction in me that a scrimblow truly needs to evoke. It's just kind of dumb looking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I think it's important that you shouldn't judge yourself for wanting to cave in the scrimblow's head for a with a rock. You need to just understand that that's the natural response to them, but I would feel bad swinging down, dropping the cinder block on Sami. Really? I would yeah, feel it, worse it, for it, Lily, personally. Yeah, I don't know. Something about Somni is so corporate and so nothing. Oh, yeah. They just kill it. Yeah, because yeah, no to, to me, Sami is that, like mascot, parentheses, evil, question mark. <laughs> yeah, that heavy, that heavy corporate energy is why it's, I can't get behind it's it. It's too like if clean. you brought a character from the Emoji movie, and it's like, that's a scrimble, and I'm like... No, it fucking isn't. Get it out of here. <laughs> That's rough to compare Sami to the Emoji Movie. I don't know. I'm kind of seeing it. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so Chris thinks Lily should be above Sami. Yes. I'm I'm okay with... Mm. Mm. I'm okay with Lily being number one. Mm. I was, if I was going to put anything above Sami, it would be Mario. Like he has, there's this, there's this added dimension to this freak of body <laughs> horror. Like th this was once a man, this was once a plumber who like passed through cosmic scrimblow rays and was changed. <laughs> to me, part of being a scrimblow is the animal vibe and instinct. And to me, weirdly, Lily gives that off more than Mario, and Sami gives that off the most. So, Agro, you and I were Sami, Lily, Mario, right? Like, originally, the order you wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, that works. Bob, you were... I'm, I'm reconsidering Somni. Maybe, maybe Chris is right, and he should be third, and the other two get to be, like, the kings. <sighs> and then, Chris, you were, what was it, Mario, Sami, Lily? No, Mario Lily Sami. Mario Lily Sami. I think Sami should be third. Sami is too corporate, <laughs> too generic, lacks the true, lacks any strong f emotion response from me at all. Meanwhile, I I do want to kill both Mario and Lily. <laughs> I mean, 
Mario basically has had the Scrimblo equivalent of the Super Soldier serum shot into him for this game. Uh-huh. In a way that I don't even think other characters in that game did. No. <laughs> no. Because none of the others like they, are that have, human. they have emotion. Except for except for Peach, her face doesn't animate most of the time outside of cutscenes. But her like her um she has sentience aspect, behind her eyes. Right. Her aspect ratio also is more more human like. She lets to yeah. ex- escape the yeah. Scrimblo territory that Mario lives See, in. Like, so like Mario and Super Mario RPG remake is like if you this is what would actually happen if you made a dog into a person. Like this would be the look <laughs> behind their eyes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's correct. So, Bob, where, if you were to rank Sami, let's just focus on the Sami end of this argument. Uh-huh. Where would you put Sami? I also feel like, yeah, maybe he's too corporate. Maybe he should be third. Okay, so Agro and I were, were thinking first. You and Chris are thinking third. Yeah. Does it make sense to meet halfway on that? And can we even recover from that point? Yeah, I feel like we can pick him second and then figure it out from there. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. But that's a really hard split because now... I'm fine with either Mario or Lily being first. Like, I, I do just want to throttle Lily. I want to squeeze that creature. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like, the only thing that puts Lily ahead of Mario in my head is the, is the ears. Mm-hmm. Like, that just it irradiates Scrimblo. But I get it. I'd be fine with Mario being first instead. I, I also think Lily should be higher than Mario. So I'm okay so with I Lily see, taking I'll, first. I'll, I'll vote for Lily Lily being higher. Like, it just has that energy like a pretty cure mascot does where I just have my <laughs> fist up like I'm about to swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. yeah, it, it's things like this that are the reason uh, <laughs> Madoka Magica happened. <laughs> okay, so then this, this order this order is correct. Sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. I would like to remind people, uh, Discrony of Kronos Alternate is a game you can play in normal mode on the uh, on the Switch and probably also on, PS- on PS5, but you don't have to have VR to uh, give head pads. <laughs> 2023's Scrimblo of the Year goes to Lily from Discronia Kronos Alternate, followed up in second place by Sami from Fire Emblem Engage. And Mario from Super Mario RPG Remake. Runner-up, Backpack Korok from Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. The only way he's finding his friend is if they're in hell. (laughs) Congratulations to all of our nominees. In the final category for part three, worst gaming event. The winner's OTK Games Expo, baby. Uh, I had to watch this horrible human run one of the worst shows I've ever had to endure, and I feel bad for every dev who had a game there. 